This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday. It is November 30th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia police say two men fired approximately 35 shots at a teenager in a killing that took another young life. It happened around 3.30 Monday in the 100 block of West Wyoming Avenue in the city's Feltonville neighborhood. Police say the 14-year-old male was struck at least 18 times throughout his body. He was rushed to Temple University Hospital by medics where he died a short time later. He has not been identified. Police said they found about 35 shell casings at the scene from two guns. Bullet holes could be seen in the side of a Rite Aid, which is not far from Roosevelt Boulevard. Police think the 14-year-old was waiting for a bus to go home from school when he was shot. According to Philadelphia Police Chief Inspector Scott Small, the teen appears to be the intended target. All homicides are tragic, of course, but for someone to be as young as 14 years old, it's a real tragedy, said Small. Why, you know, someone would be targeted to be riddled by bullets completely like that at 14 years old, something really messed up is going on. It's it's unbelievable. I was watching a feature about this, excuse me, after school arts and crafts thing that kids are doing and they're talking about that that area and that event is a respite from the gunfire yeah. and all the stuff yeah. they hear and how they you know that their their hopes are to make it out mm-hmm. and and you know everyone every one of them had a story about someone either a family member or a friend uh, being the victim of gun violence it's it's no way to live it's it's got to be and this one in stopped. particular I mean this is like not a robbery gone yeah. bad or something like that yeah. this is what? a murder this yeah. is a targeted two people with guns went after a 14 year old kid for a very specific reason and that uh-huh. I'm it's just crazy. It's awful. Investigators said the 14-year-old victim lived a couple of miles from where he was shot. Police are questioning two people, but anyone with information is asked to contact the Philadelphia Police Department. At least 507 homicides have been recorded to date, according to Philadelphia Police data. Did you see the footage of the guy who got out of a bus, a SEPTA bus, walked outside, turned around, and started shooting into the bus? And, And they have footage of the people in the bus just hitting the floor and crawling along. This happened recently? Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's awful. Philadelphia firefighters rescued four people while battling two house fires within the same hour early Tuesday morning. Flames ripped through a row home in the city's Spring Garden section just before 1 a.m., sending occupants to the roof. Firefighters rescued two people from the blaze on the 800 block of North 22nd Street. Medics transported a 74-year-old man and a 34-year-old woman to the hospital with smoke inhalation, and a firefighter was also injured when he slipped and fell. He's listed in stable condition. About a half an hour later, two people were rescued from a row home fire in South Philadelphia. Firefighters tackled the flames from the roof along the 1500 block of McKean Street at about 1.30 a.m. Both fire victims were checked out for injuries at the scene and did not need additional treatment. There is no word on a, the cause for either fire. Prosecutors asked the U.S. Supreme Court to review the, the ruling that overturned Bill Cosby's conviction, arguing in a petition Monday that the decision announced in a press release does not give the defendant lifetime immunity. Nothing to see here, move along. 
long. Prosecutors said the ruling could set a dangerous precedent if convictions are overturned over dubious closed-door deals. They have also complained that the chief judge of the state's high court appeared to mistake key facts of the case when he discussed the court ruling that overturned Cosby's conviction in a television interview. The decision as it stands will have far-reaching negative consequences beyond Montgomery County and Pennsylvania. The U.S. Supreme Court can write what we believe is a grievous wrong. Montgomery County District Attorney Kevin Steele wrote in a petition which seeks a Supreme Court review under the Due Process Clause of the U.S. Constitution. Cosby's lawyers long argued that he relied on a promise that he would never be charged when he gave damaging testimony in an accuser's civil suit in 2006. The admissions were later used against him in two criminal trials. The only written evidence of such a promise is a 2005 press release from the then prosecutor Bruce Castor who said he did not have enough evidence to arrest Cosby. Castor's Castor's successors who gathered new evidence and arrested Cosby in 2015 say it falls far short of a lifetime immunity agreement. Mm. However, defense lawyers say the case should never have gone to trial because of what they call a non-prosecution agreement. 84-year-old Cosby became the first celebrity convicted of sexual assault in the Me Too era when the jury at his 2018 retrial found him guilty of drugging and molesting college sports administrator Andrea Constand in 2004. He spent nearly three years in prison before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court set him free in July. In sports this morning... The Sixers beat the Orlando Magic last night in South Philly. Seth Curry scored 24 points. Tobias Harris added 17, and the Sixers needed free throws in the final minute to beat the Magic 101-96. Joel Embiid scored 16 points on 4 for 16 shooting. The Sixers are on the road tomorrow night with the game in Boston against the Celtics, and tip-off is at 7.30. In Monday Night Football, Washington beat the Seattle Seahawks, winning 17-15 for the team's third straight win. Washington improved to 5-6 and six and moved into the final NFC wildcard spot. They're a half a game ahead of the Eagles in the NFC East. The Flyers whose game against the New York Islanders was postponed, are off until tomorrow when they'll travel to New York to play the Rangers. And all-star right-hander Max Scherzer and the New York Mets have agreed to a three-year $130 million contract. The $43.3 million average annual salary of the deal sets a record, surpassing the $36 million New York Yankees pitcher Garrett Cole is averaging after signing a nine-year $324 million contract in 2019. 37-year-old Scherzer becomes the oldest player in baseball history to sign a $100 million dollar contract. Kevin Brown was 33 when he signed the first $100 million deal in 1998. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thank you very much, Kath. We appreciate it. Welcome, friends. Tuesday morning with the Preston and Steve show. Oh, we have uh, some stuff planned for today. Oh, yes. An in-studio guest today. It's wild. We uh, rarely get them, and we will have one today. Frank Caliendo. It's been a while. Yeah, he is uh, going to be performing at a couple of uh, areas nearby us. He'll be at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City on Friday night. And then the Wind Creek Event Center in Bethlehem on Saturday night. And he's just stopping by this morning to promote those events and hang out with us for a little while. He's not even due in the area till Friday. So how about that? Flew in, going to hang out, and uh, we'll chat with Frank, see how he's doing. Yeah, he's and been pretty active. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, spend a little time with him starting at around 8.15 or so this morning. Now, shortly before that, 
Uh, we are announcing the totals from uh, Acme from Camp Out for Hunger. If you recall, uh, they were continuing taking the monetary donations until the day before Thanksgiving. So we don't know what those totals are yet, and we're going to chat with some friends from Acme this morning and find out what the story is on that and how you did. I purposely avoided uh, learning the information ahead of time, so I'm... Um... I'm like you, Preston. Yep. I don't know what it is. Yep. Let's find out together. Yeah. So we'll do that probably around the Bizarre File, our first Bizarre File this morning. And we have a concert announcement this morning, <laughs> one that's uh, juicy. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, we will reveal that information when we get closer to 10 o'clock this morning. So hang in there. Uh, we got a lot of stuff uh, coming up. Uh, I'm... Uh, I, it's bizarre. I'm really out of it today. What, what do you think? Oh, so I went to bed early and everything, but uh, I'm huh. uh, I'm a little. Uh, I don't I don't know. I had right before I woke up this morning. I had a graphic sex dream Ooh. with Helen Mirren. Yeah. Wow. Like That's a like badass. a like a middle aged Helen Mirren. Okay. I don't know why. Why did she have a strap on? But it was yeah. one of those when I woke up and I'm like, oh man, yeah, yeah. you know, we were like to seen that one all the way through. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And I could have uh-huh. possibly. It's been a long time since that's happened. I wonder but if it was as good as my uh, Dad. Can I talk to you? <laughs> yes. There's a Dad. Can I talk to you for a second? Uh, because it was. But Dad, I'm can t- I talk to you for a minute? Uh, it was. It was so. Real? You ever have those? Let me unzip this. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. Oh, I'm like, and why Helen Mirren? I don't know. She's a, a sexy older woman. She it was is. a good way to yes. start the day, but I think it, it knocked me off my game a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm out of it, so I apologize. I noticed that you're wearing a uh, sort of a black, sexy, long sleeve shirt today. I, yeah. <laughs> it's like I noticed. So I think Maybe I subliminally picked this you, out. What, what makes me look ex- like like you know? Oh, it's yeah. like that pencil dress. <laughs> I tell you what. You, you, what you need is a little a thing of pearl. Yeah, yeah, that, that would add, nice. that would uh, complete it very nicely. Well, yeah. I, t- I tell you what, I'll do. Uh, we'll, we'll take this commercial break. I'll head to the restroom and I'll finish. Off. Okay, run. Right. 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 I'll come yeah. back and we'll. Uh, Why don't you go to the bathroom and rub you, one out? Do you see the look on her oh face? God. I can't. Like that. You had. You look like you smelled the most rancid thing. <laughs> I mean, ever. Yeah, I don't need this. this no, early. I'm sorry. I, listen, sorry. we're an open book here on the show. Yes. And uh, and I apologize. And I just want to say this. No problem. <laughs> Wait, is that him? That was Bill. Uh, yeah. That was Bill from again. yesterday. Bill hates the, the term no problem right. instead of uh, you're welcome. No problem. And that's, <laughs> he doesn't like it to be said like that. Which I wouldn't either if somebody actually did say. No, no problem. No problem. <laughs> sounds like a cartoon character. It does. Maybe Bill's got a future yeah. in, uh, in voiceovers for commercials. I'm a little mouse. Yeah. No problem. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break. Come back in a second. Yeah. I have a stupid question all ready to go for you and a huge stack of interesting entertainment stories to share with you. We'll come back in a moment. Stay put. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
We'll give away a four-pack of tickets for Six Flags Great Adventure if you can answer this question correctly. What two colors are most often confused by people who are colorblind? Uh-huh. Ah. 215-263-WMMR. Which two colors are often or most often confused by people who are colorblind? 215-263-WMMR. Call now. Let's see if you know the answer. I'll mention a few birthdays while we're waiting for your call today, Tuesday, November 30th. And they include Bo Jackson, uh, the former football and baseball star, uh, turns 59 years old. What slogan? Bo knows. Bo knows. Bo baseball. knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just Bo knows. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was uh, he was something else back in his day. The fact that this guy was excelling in both of those, sports. yeah, not just yeah. not just getting by. He was he was a standout. Uh, so he's 59 today. Hey, it's Billy Idol's birthday hey! today. Billy Idol turns 66 years old. Who's he opening up for? Just yes. recently. Uh, Journey, I believe. Maybe that's it. They're, yeah, they're yeah, coming yeah. to town. Is it in January, maybe? And uh, Billy Idol is on a part of that tour, and so is Toto, I believe, if memory serves. But... So Billy Idol wasn't just the, the, the face of that music and that band or whatever you'd call it. Uh, he was writing the songs as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. He was in a band called uh, Generation X. That's it. Before right. he took off on his solo career, and he had an amazing solo career. And if you go back and you listen to some of those songs, like Eyes Without a Face, he actually has a really good singing voice. He does. Like, like he could croon if he wanted yeah. to. He could sing a love song and sound great. Of course, he adds a little edge to it with a little lip raise. Yeah, and yeah, little, yeah. Uh, You know, the, the raspiness. But he's, he's a great singer, man. Good so, front uh, man. February 23rd at the Wells Fargo Center with Jerry, okay, like you, you mentioned. But right now, he's doing an acoustic tour with Steve Stevens, which I oh, would love to see. Man, that, totally. Like, Steve Stevens is an incredible guitarist. But great. to see those two guys to do an acoustic show, that'd be pretty impressive. And it's good to see him doing uh, commercials for that walk-in bathtub. Yeah. Oh, is he oh, doing those yeah. now? Yeah. He's a great. <laughs> Billy Idol gets it. <laughs> it's like a hot tub and a bathtub. You don't trip and fall when it's you your good, yeah. Are you noggin? Right, right. Where's my Mr. Bubble? <laughs> He's in a bubble bath. <laughs> oh, I'm in. That would be great. He, he makes a little fake beard and mustache <laughs> on his face with the bubbles. There's a man in my bath. Remember that commercial? <laughs> The, uh, the grandmother would go in, yeah. the kid had the uh, the Suds beard. Oh, dear Lord! Uh, Billy Idol is 66 today. Uh, actress Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah, 24. Uh, also, um, old school on The Girl Next Door. Yeah, and I haven't seen a lot of her recently. No. So, um, she had one of the more bizarre plot lines on 24, but... Um, um, how did it work out? I forget. She was being stalked by a, like a cougar in the, in the woods. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, really, she, we just need to fill a little just bit. Just a of weird time. side thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I remember when she came along and she was like the young, up and coming actress. Yeah, she's thirty nine today. Wow, right? wow. no. Uh, it's Ben Stiller's birthday today as well. He's been in so many great movies. Uh, and he's a great comedy writer as well. Great comedy writer, great uh, director, yeah. uh, and and doing serious stuff. But I mean, you know, he wrote Tropic Thunder, you know, and and uh, all the other movies as well, and Zoolander, which I love, mm-hmm. and that original Ben Stiller show, Preston. I know oh. you're a fan as well. Loved it. It's just yeah. great, and it holds up. It's funny oh. to go back and see some of his early roles where he was actually doing dramatic stuff. You remember the movie Next of Kin? Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah, he with uh, Liam Neeson. The, plays yeah. the gangster's kid in That's that. That's right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And then we have this. I, uh, okay. Hey, kids, it's time for Counting with Bruce Springsteen. This is from the Biller, Ben yeah. Stiller Show. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, ho, fa, he, he, 
The denim jacket yeah. and the, the do-rag and everything and that. I love it. Uh, ben Stiller's 56 today. Uh, musician Roger Glover, bassist for the band Deep Purple and also Rainbow, uh, turns 76 years old today. Deep Purple's one of those bands where every now and then I'll, I'll go, I'll get into a dive and, and forget how many cool songs yeah. from the band and how edgy they were for their time as well. Um uh, so he celebrates his 76th birthday today, Roger Glover. Uh, it's also comedian Colin Mockery's birthday, whose line is it anyway, was a, uh, a spot where we got to know him. I get compared to Colin Mockery. And, really? Uh, for uh, looks, I've heard that from just two people. Bald like, head. Really? Yeah. It's just because I'm bald. Not even close. We had him here once, right, didn't we? Yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah, he's he's really funny. terrific. 64 today. Uh, Manny Patankin. Uh, he, of course. We just had some time with uh, Carrie Elways, and we were asking him about the, the famous sword fight between those two, uh, Manny Patinkin. How long they worked on oh, it. Uh, they worked and worked and worked, and, and I think in the script it just said the greatest sword fight ever. Correct. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's what they said to task. Uh, doing amazing, uh, but he does uh, he does a lot of TV stuff now. Chicago Hope, Criminal Minds, uh, yeah. Homeland. Steve, there's a movie mentioned in this credits, and I know that you like it as I do, which was Alien Nation. Alien Nation. Yeah. A lot of people overlook that movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really solid movie. Is he the main? He's alien? the main alien. He's, yeah. he's the he's the uh, the, the partner of Cop. James Conn, and they're investigating basically the aliens uh, who are living on Earth. Yeah. Um, they t- uh, have a drug. They have a drug yeah. that is driving them crazy, yeah. and uh, so they're I didn't realize that. that that was him. I, yeah. And I did yeah. enjoy that movie. Also, Homeland. If you, anybody has a chance and you're looking to binge some stuff, watch okay. Homeland. It, it, it went, and I don't want to say went off the rails. But there's only one season, but it, it comes back. They you know, strayed a little they, bit. They, they strayed just a little Wait, bit. what do you mean there's only one, oh, one season where they stray? Where they right. stray, but oh, the gotcha. way they bring it back. I think that's where it lost me, and then I back, never went Kat. back. You should come back because they... Come wrap, back. Yeah, come we back. want you back in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing um, Titanic. Titanic. Come back. Come back. Come back. I like we want you back. I don't want that. I like that. Manny Patanga is 69. Uh, Kayla Cuoco. She's great. Uh, yeah, she is great. And uh, she hit the jackpot with the Big Bang Theory. Man. Yeah, and then her series now where she's the, uh, the flight, flight attendant. attendant yeah. yeah, she's 36. And then the last birthday, Steve, uh, you'll have to, because you know all this guy's uh, work, Ridley Scott. Oh, God. Uh, turns yeah. 84 today. But Blade then, Runner, an alien, alien, and he just had the, uh, um, the, the House of Gucci. Yeah, 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 correct. So, yeah. yeah, and continues to uh, Gladiator. Yeah, to and do there's it. word of a sequel to Gladiator. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard I just, about it. I yeah. just watched it with my son. He'd never seen it before, and uh, he he loved it. And so I was really glad. To, you know, it it holds up. Did I he do that Matt Damon one, The Martian? No, yes. no, no, no. The, he produced the, it. The, uh, he directed he, it. He was a uh, a knight. Oh, the most recent one. Yeah, the Last Duel. Oh, oh yes, duel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he 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 actually. He said, "Blame short attention uh, yeah. of the uh, a lot of the the younger audience on it." I don't know if that's true. Ridley Scott is a genius, though, and his brother Tony Scott, who directed Top Gun and and other movies, remember he, he committed suicide. I think he yeah. jumped off a bridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Ridley Scott lives on at eighty four years old today. Let's see if we can get an answer to the super question: What two colors are most often confused by people who are colorblind? And I will go to Nancy to see if she knows. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. All right, so what two colors most often confused by people who are colorblind? 
Red and green. She's correct. Ah! Must be a nightmare at Christmas. Yes, I was thinking that. The colors of the holiday. Nancy, hang on. Got yourself a four-pack of tickets for Six Flags Great Adventure, and you can ring in the holidays at Six Flags Holiday in the Park with more than a million glittering lights, delicious holiday food and treats, thrilling new rides, and holiday entertainment. And they're open select dates now through January 2nd. You can visit SixFlags.com. We have a lot to cover. I'm just going to touch on this because Kathy already covered it in news, but Pennsylvania prosecutors asked the Supreme Court to review Bill Cosby's overturned conviction in an attempt to resurrect the case against the disgraced comedian. The New York Post reports Montgomery County District Attorney Kevin Steele wrote in a petition made available to the public on Monday that Cosby should not have lifetime immunity against prosecution because of a behind-the-scenes agreement that was only documented in a press release. I I don't know, um, you know, as we've said before, we're all pre-med, we're not pre-lawyer, but but as we were... Hearing this initially, and, and it, it made sense the way it was laid out. However, I would I would wonder if you have something. How do you make a deal to keep information right that yeah. is incriminating and speaks directly to the core of an accusation against you? You know, I, I guess that does happen. I guess you you can uh, incriminating evidence is is withheld often in a case. Like for example, if a spouse, uh, you can't force a spouse to right. Testify against you, or I, you know, there's there's all these things. I gotta I watch a yeah, lot more I Perry Mason. I don't understand that that whole thing of hey, if you if you tell us this, right. we will not prosecute you. For right. It. Uh, I know that there there are uh, bargains that they will do as far as um, uh, sentencing goes, and or or they uh, you know. The make deals. Report, I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. There's, but anyhow, uh, when, when I find it hard to believe that they flat out can say without having it all written down. Uh, that uh, yes, you agree to do this, and we won't. We won't. Well, I think there wasn't so. there wasn't enough evidence for them to prosecute him. So they were no, saying right. that what he was testifying to in the civil suit, they they then couldn't use that to then gather a criminal case against him. Right. So they couldn't get enough information to to have a criminal case. So I think what you're saying is right. Case. Yeah, I, I remember that at the beginning, and there was that question. There was a big question about whether they could introduce this other case and what they yielded from those depositions into this. And when they, I remember it was sort of, oh my God, they're going to let it go in. And that's when everything went south for Cosby. Mm, Yeah. So, well, this could be a nightmare. But but is the reason he's out. (laughs) Yes. Merry Christmas. You're not incarcerated, Lloyd. I'm not incarcerated, Lloyd. Yeah. By the way, plea bargain. That was the phrase. That's Uh, it. That's what I was looking for. You know, you remember like when, when, uh, when John Gotti. When they, uh, were, you know, they're having the, the, the state's case against John Gotti, the mobster up in New York. Sammy the Bull Gravano, who has probably killed like 19 people, yeah. testified for the prosecution. And I think he just got, he was put on the FBI right. witness relocation. I, I think he got off of like nothing or, or very limited. It's crazy. The, the, the judicial system is nuts. There's a documentary uh, called White Boy Rick, uh, and there's actually a movie made about it. And this this guy... Who at 17 years old got like clipped for uh, apparently selling cocaine? It, he was in jail for decades, right? For decades. There and in the documentary, this guy's like, you know, I killed 20 people. I'm out right now. <laughs> right, you know, right, like, right, right. You know, this guy did he sell coke? Did he not sell coke? He was 17 years old when he was convicted. He's still rotten in jail right now, and yeah. you know there are parts of it I don't understand. So uh, it's going to remain that way. All right, I have some other stories we got to get to. Adam McKay opened up about his fractured friendship with Will Ferrell in a recent interview with Vanity Fair. Although the two were production partners for 13 years, they parted ways in 2019. 
Uh, McKay says their relationship fell apart after he had decided not to cast Will in his highly anticipated HBO drama about the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the actor wanted the role of franchise owner Jerry Buss, but lost out on the part to John C. Riley. And the Big Short director... Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yes, the Big Short director said, I effed up on how I handled that. Yeah. Um, he thought his friend would get over the casting snub in, he said, six months to a year. However, McKay revealed that the former SNL t- star took it as way a way deeper hurt than I ever imagined. So they're, I guess they have no relationship. Wow. Uh, or, yeah, which is very sad. Um, mm. Because, you know... Um, Every time we've had Adam McKay on, and you know, I think we've we have a bit of a friendship with him now. Yeah. He comes across as genuine and sincere and generous, and I'm sure this hurts him. He's taking ownership of this mistake. Yes. It nice. It'd be nice to see them patch that up. It would be, especially because the great work they do. Yes, together, this. You know? so, yeah. But John, <laughs> John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are friends too. Is he? That I don't know, uh, but it's it's, it's I, possible. I they well, they did. did the Sherlock Holmes movie yeah. and T- Talladega Nights right. and well, yeah, but Step Brothers. But he's and... saying post, uh, post, yeah, uh, post uh, oh. their work with Adam McKay. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I assume that they are they're still tight. But uh, Bradley Cooper revealed to the Armchair Expert podcast that he was once held at knife point on the New York City subway. Uh, the Licorice Pizza star says the incident occurred in October 2019 while he was on his way to pick up his daughter Leah from her lessons at Russian school. When I read this, I was thinking, our dear, dear friend was attacked by someone. And, you know, that that feeling of, like, I wasn't there to protect him. Uh, Cooper admitted that he was listening to music on noise-canceling headphones at the time and had gotten way too comfortable in the city. Uh, he said on the episode that he managed to run away and take photos of the attacker before flagging down a pair of police officers. Um, so, yeah, it was a close call for him. He said he didn't get into more detail about that. By the way, I saw that trailer for Licorice Pizza. That looks yeah, like a good it does look really good. Yeah, it looks really yeah. interesting. I'm not sure what it's all about, okay. but it looks, uh, looks pretty cool. Um, so this is bittersweet. Tony Bennett went over uh, generations of fans crooning I Left My Heart in San Francisco. And on his 95th birthday, the beloved singer left his heart on the stage of Radio City Music Hall. Six months after Bennett and his family revealed that he is suffering from Alzheimer's, Bennett sang alongside Lady Gaga before sold-out crowds in a two-concert series in early August billed as his final New York performances. And now the rest of the world has the chance to see uh, it in the moving on uh, or in the moving August 3rd show uh, in a TV special called One Last Time, An Evening with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. It aired Sunday on CBS, but, you know, obviously you can see it now. In addition to a signature song, uh, he also performed standards like Fly Me to the Moon, Stepping Out with My Baby, and duets with Lady Gaga, including Love for Sale and Anything Goes. His family members have said sometimes Bennett doesn't know where he is oh boy. and what is happening around him. But on stage in the TV special, the legendary performer didn't miss a beat. It's Delta. funny how that, the music, uh, same thing happened with Glenn Campbell while he was, you know, slipping deeper into the, the dementia. Um, when he performed, everything came back. Yeah, that's what uh, his doctor, his neurologist said, uh, because the music and performing are so ingrained in the singer. She said people respond differently based on their strengths. In Tony's case, it's his musical memory, his ability to be a performer. Those are an innate and hardwired part of his brain. I love how uh, I love seeing Lady Gaga with him because she obviously, you know, was a friend who sort of became a little bit maternal. You yes. know, uh, the way she she looked out for him, which is uh, not that he's passed away. Obviously, I don't mean, mean, mean to make it sound like that, but obviously, the Tony that we've known for years is not 
quite there now. As she said before he came out on stage, he's my friend, he's my musical companion, and he is the greatest singer in the whole world. And I'm counting on you, New York, to make him smile. So you better cheer, you better yell, you better laugh, you better cry, and you better give your soul. And by the way, they gave him like a dozen standing ovations throughout the night. So... But he's done. He's, yeah. he's done singing. But what a what a legacy! What a, what an amazing career! Good run. Yeah. Uh, actor Elliot Page showed off his six pack in a new topless Instagram selfie on Sunday. Uh, the 34 year old Umbrella Academy actor captioned the thirst trap with, "Oh, good, my new phone works." Mm-hmm. Also on display were Page's scars from his top surgery earlier this year. Uh, the transgender star told Oprah Winfrey in April that having his breast tissue removed allowed him to, quote, feel comfortable in my body and for probably the first time. And uh, Elliot's in good shape. Yeah. is uh, obviously training as uh, a six-pack to show off. So now doing that on uh, Instagram. John Travolta is apparently in awe of his 21-year-old daughter's singing abilities. Uh-huh. A viral video of Ella Blue Travolta singing a song from her forthcoming EP recently racked around a quarter million views since being posted on Sunday. Uh, her proud dad commented, I'm so very proud of you, Ella. It's amazing. Want to hear a bit of it? <clears throat> sure. Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? But I want oh God, more. She's good. She's good. Up where she they walk, good. up where they run, Listen. up where they stay, up day in the sun. Wandering free. It's good. Wish I could be part of that world. <laughs> Wow, she is really Everybody good. loves her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, she also received uh, praise from her dad's good friend and uh, Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, who wrote a hit, kiddo, a hit. So he's happy. I haven't heard it. So I no, I have idea. not. Mandy Moore called out the paparazzi following her while she tried to take a walk with her nine-month-old son on Sunday. Uh, the This Is Us star took to her Instagram stories to tell uh, the photographer to kindly F off. After he tried to join her hike for the second week in a row, yeah, isn't this the second time she's done this? Or she does this? She, she's not afraid to go up and confront them. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this guy tried to. This is the second time that he's tried to follow along. According to her post, the same man had harassed her and her husband when she was around ten months pregnant. So come on, dude, Back give off. it a break. Back off With the kid. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez spent Thanksgiving weekend hosting a food drive with their <laughs> children in support of Rise Against Hunger. Tell me, do you want to feed the homeless? You will. Uh, the New York Post reports that... Non-perishable food items. That uh, Benefer 2.0 were spotted outside of Affleck's Pacific Palisades home on Sunday, uh, unloading a truck full of food. Uh, the couple was joined by Ben's two daughters, Violet and Serafina, ah. and his son Samuel, as well as uh, Jen's twins, Max and Emmy. So oh, all, the, all the kiddies were on board for that. Moving quite a lot of food. We see a couple of pallets and all that stuff. Good for them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Tiger Woods offered up his first in-depth update on his progress since he crushed his right leg in an early morning car crash nine months ago. Oh, my ball! <laughs> <laughs> About the most we had heard from uh, Tiger was a video that he posted last week showing him uh, taking an easy swing with an iron, and it was captioned, Making Progress. In an interview with Golf Digest yesterday, uh, Tiger revealed just how far he has left to go. He said, I, Oh, my ball! <laughs> like every time he swings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my ball! It hurts his nuts, but... <laughs> I guess it's worth it, you know. Yeah, if he loves can the still, game. If he can still play one more time, if you don't mind. So. 
my balls. <laughs> well, when you as you as you play golf, when you swing, is there any point at which you you tug up on your no, no, right? You're not maybe no. Tiger does, yeah, but listen, I don't know. Oh, my balls. He had a, he had a, he had a bad car accident. You ever have yeah. a hernia? I've never had a hernia. No. Yeah, I, have I, you? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm wondering if uh, and if you did have a hernia. <laughs> If going? you did have one, if that would have you would your, think, right? Because they, they, they yeah. grab your sack to uh, yeah, yeah, to check for one. But to answer Steve's question, no, <laughs> my nuts have never hurt when I've swung a golf club. Yeah. <laughs> oh my balls! Uh, but he said, I think something that is realistic is playing the tour one day, never full time ever again. Uh, but pick and choose, just like Mr. Hogan did. Uh, pick and choose a few events a year, and you play around like that. And so, how old is he again? Tiger is, uh, what is he, like 40 years old? Okay. Mm, or up there no, maybe a little probably, bit more? I would say over 40. Okay. 45. 45, yeah. okay. So he's, um, I mean, seeing him practice and everything, my guess is he'll get back into shape. I, th- I think mm. part of the, right? Do you think so? But he, he, but he he's not going to be a, a full-time tour player. So, okay. you know, at 45, he should still be playing full-time. Oh, really? So, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I was wondering oh, what yeah. time you make that um, that uh, metamorphosis into, like, the senior tour and all that stuff. Yeah, for, for his level, he should still be playing. I mean, um, so Phil Mickelson is, is well older than Tiger. Phil Mickelson's got to be... 56, 57 right. years old, something like that. And, and he's, he's still killing it. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, without question. Let me see how old uh, Phil is here. He is, uh, he's 51. I'm sorry. All right. But anyhow, he's got six years on Tiger. And, and yeah. But he said, I think that's how I'm going to have to play it from now on. It's an unfortunate reality, but it's my reality. And I understand it and I accept it. Uh, it was a stunning admission for the ultra competitive woods, which give you, to give you some perspective, he's tied with Sam Sneed at 82 career tour wins. One more would make him the winningest golfer of all time. Like, Sam Snead is the top of the list. He won more than anybody else. Is that enough of an incentive to work at getting oh, back yes. into it? Yes. Oh, Absolutely. yes. To be the greatest of all time? Yes. For sure. I mean, come on. That's and all he's, he's got to do is it. get one more. And he can he can probably right. do that. Well, also, he needs... Uh, how far away from Jack Nicklaus is he's, um 15... Well, he won... Uh, 15 major tournaments. He is three behind Nicholas's record. And so listen, That's that tough. is has always been in his sights. Yes. So yeah, interesting. So those are two things that he. I just held three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this old. Two things. Uh, this many. <laughs> Did you see me do that? <laughs> You're a little off today, man. I think you said Helen Mirren. I think you said uh, 10 months pregnant earlier, too. (laughs) Wait, that that was in the copy. Was it? Hold on. 10 months pregnant? I was going to let it go. 10 months? That's, I mean. It's doable. Well, that yeah, is. She was. It says she was around ten months pregnant. It's probably meant, meant ten weeks pregnant. Yeah. Do you okay. even know you're pregnant? No, at 10 no, no. Ten weeks months is full ten, gestation. Yeah. Ten yeah. months is. Some people say that. Some people say. Get off my ass, Natalie. <laughs> Not me. All right, anyway, he had three. <laughs> three. Count him two. He is. He's well. Why did I say two? It it actually two. it says three behind Jack Nicholas's record, and I held up three fingers and <laughs> said two. two. Man, I'm out of it today. <laughs> Woods had already had ten surgeries by his count before the accident, including five back surgeries. Uh, he Wait. stormed back to prominence. Ten surgeries. <laughs> 
Ten what surgeries. Casey just held up six fingers. You held up seven. For those of you listening on the radio. So anyway, uh, he stormed back to prominence with several uh, injury-riddled seasons by winning the 2018 Tour Championship and then the 2019 Masters. He admits that his goals now are not as lofty. He said, I don't have to compete and play against the best players in the world to have a great life. After my back fusion, I had to climb Mount Everest one more time. I had to do it, and I did. And this time around, I don't think that I'll have the body to climb Mount Everest, and that's okay. Hmm. By the way, just how bad his leg was injured, he had said that there was a point in time when I would say it was 50-50, but it was damn near there that I was going to walk out of that hospital with only one leg. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he, well, the accident was serious. Yeah. He spent a lot of time in the in the bed and then wheelchair and crutches, and now he's working his way back. Wow. Well, and, and hasn't the final decision or at least determination uh, come out, and, and he was going way above the speed limit yeah. for that turn, and that's yeah. actually what caused the accident. Yep, yep. All right, two more things. Uh, Spider-Man producer and former Sony Pictures boss, Amy Pascal, says that a new Marvel Cinematic Universe Spart- Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland is in the early works. Yeah! One that keeps the Culver City lot and Disney Marvel, uh, Disney's Marvel working together beyond their already uh, contracted Spider-Man No Way Home, which is poised to be a massive Christmas blockbuster, and further expand on the MCU's multiverse plans. They were showing a uh, a picture that was a synopsis of the movie that was set, to, I guess, sent to a printer or something like that, Preston. And in it, it has Tobey Maguire, oh. and it has so so he in in the multiverse he's going to encounter other Spider Men. Speaking of the multiverse, the um, I watched uh, Hawkeye last night with yes. my daughter, and I I absolutely love what they're doing with uh, the characters. They're they're going back. They go back to the Avengers movie, yes. and they're showing some different perspectives of what happened that day. And that's an avenue I hadn't considered that they can explore even deeper. Right. Or when these big <clears throat> climactic things are going on, yeah. maybe take some some uh, yeah. some points of view that we haven't seen. Yeah. Well, I loved what they did when they when they went from uh, a, a, a Man of Steel to Batman v Superman, and you and like in that in the DC realm where you saw from Bruce Wayne's level, ground level, right. what he what he was seeing as all this was going on above him. When the yes. whole Zod thing right, was yeah, happening, yeah. yeah. In the first Spider-Man movie, I mean, Michael Keaton gets all that technology from stuff that was left behind by yes. the right, Tatari yeah. invading, you know? I love it. I love it. Uh, so, uh, Pascal said, this is not the last movie that we're going to make with Marvel. This is not the last Spider-Man movie. She said, we're getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. We're thinking of this as three films, and now we're going to uh, going on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. Yes, Marvel and Sony are going to keep going together Good. as partners. So that's what they said. Now, uh, Sony and Disney Marvel had no comment about any continued talks. When reached, sources say both studios have had a great working relationship of late. There's no current confirmation of a trilogy at this point in time though but she wouldn't they're just, gonna do it she wouldn't just say no that. no and she's certainly tied into it and, and 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 listen both studios are not opposed to making all this money and by the way speaking of money spider-man far from home is sony's top grossing movie ever what? at what 1.13 billion dollars there you go wow all right and then last little bit i was happy to see this so the made-for-cable Christmas movies and the Hallmark stuff and all that, the uh, you can see all this on channels like uh, Lifetime and Hallmark and yeah. BET Plus and more that are wholesome, family-friendly stories about the magic of love and tradition at Christmas. But 
VH1 thinks it's time for something different, launching its new Naughty or Nice holiday films with the naughty ones presenting raunchy versions of Christmas movies. Yeah, I saw the teaser. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Nina L. Diaz, president of content for MTV Entertainment Group, which is producing the films, told the L.A. Times Christmas films uh, that are disruptive, edgy, and more diverse are long overdue. We wanted to have a modern, naughty or nice take on the classic genre. Uh, part of the effort is uh, about being more inclusive, as Hallmark and Lifetime have criticized, have been criticized for their movies featuring mostly white couples, something that they've made an effort to change. But part of it is also bringing the raunch. As an example, one of the naughty or nice movies, The Bitch Who Stole Christmas, <laughs> features RuPaul and 20 drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race in a story that make, takes place in a small town and is chock full of double entendres. <clears throat> Another is Let's Get Married, in which heartbroken women who hate Christmas, a heartbroken woman who hates Christmas, vows to get married during a bachelorette party in Sa- at Santa's Hamlet, where she and her friends talk about graphic sex and get high. Uh, in another, a young girl spies on a department store Santa having sex with one of his elves. Okay. There you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> There's it. one on uh, HBO Max I haven't watched yet, but I'm going to. It's on the docket. Uh, it's called 8-Bit Christmas. Yeah, have you I seen heard the about it. Okay. No. Is, does it look good? It looks great. Yeah. Uh, it, it's um, it's probably like more like a, a modern-day Christmas story. All right. right. So, And it is uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris in t- today recounting to his child what it was like, you know, uh, trying to get a Nintendo for Christmas back in the 80s. <laughs> I watched a trailer for it over the weekend. I'm like, okay, this is this is something I'm not going to watch right now. I want to be able to watch this with my family. So... Uh, I would say I don't. I don't know what the um, uh, the ratings are or the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the ratings, but the reviews. Okay, uh, but to me, it looks like it's going to be a home. All right. Okay, but this isn't part of Ranch. No. Well, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> it's a different. But there are a couple of channels that are taking a swing at doing yeah. slightly different. Um, like you said that so VH1 is the formal has formally put it in a package naughty you know for Christmas. Right. 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 right, right. There are a few other channels that okay. are releasing their own more adultish off the hallmark path okay fare. not the homogenized right, right. But, exactly but still a little right. more fun maybe yes. yeah okay yeah. i got you i'm down with that too uh, i i for, forgot i had one more story uh-huh. Channing Tatum will return for Magic Mike 3. Oh! The 41-year-old actor confirmed Monday that he will reprise stripper Mike Lane in the new film Magic Mike's Last Dance. This is just great news. He tweeted alongside the cover of his script for the film, Well, World, looks like Mike Lane's tapping back in. Uh, did you watch any of them? No. So in the second one, um, they have a... Um, they basically, the end of the movie is this huge sort of male stripper... Performance where one, one of the each one of the strippers gets up and does this thematic thing, and it's uh, it's interesting. But I'm like, you know, is what what's going on here? Is this just simply a night at Chippendales, or is right. it a plotted movie? Listen, I used to I used to uh, host on yeah. the mic quite a few male reviews back in the day when yeah. I was Kenny Knight, and uh, I got to know a few of those guys. They were some of the most stupid people I've ever met. Now, I'm not saying that's all no. male exotic dancers, but, man, were they dumb. So I, I got hired early when I was doing stand-up to do, to do there was a, a, a continuous show that was male strippers. It was not Chippendales. It was not. It was take the absolute a- opposite end of Chippendales, you know, like uh, uh, Goofy or Pluto or, or, you know, any of those 
other lower-level Disney characters. And it was kind of that way. They were very nice guys. They were great. They were really nice. But there was... There was something there. I was, was, I was, or not there. I'll never not forget there, it. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was recording a commercial with this one guy. He came by the studio, and I was wearing a hat. I had yeah. it on backwards. He was standing behind me, and he's standing there. He's going it, out loud. He just goes, Manasse, Manasse, two. And I go, it's menace to society, Joe. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and I was like, okie dokie. <laughs> uh, anyhow... <laughs> Magic Mike's Last Dance hails from uh, Warner Brothers and will premiere exclusively on HBO Max, by the way. Here are our clips for the day. Where are they? Those pictures I was supposed to see. You did hand it to me? Where are they? I threw them away. Bitch. Did you leave them at Helen Mirren's house? I probably left them at Helen's. Wait a minute. Marissa just bought in another copy. All right, here we go. Adapted from the book series of the same name, Alex Ritter revolves around an ordinary teenager who learns how to use his extraordinary skills to become a spy. And in this clip story, Toby Stevens shares what's in store for his character. Here we go. He's this kind of incredibly confident, very positive, sort of thrusting character. And as the season progresses, they slowly reveal a backstory about him which is slightly darker and more, well, it is darker and more complex. What the f***? <laughs> Alex Ritter will be streaming on IMDb TV this Friday, by the way. Here's the next clip. After two whole years, everyone's favorite gang is returning for a long-awaited 15th season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. In this clip, Glenn Howerton shares the difficulty that he experienced writing the show. Here we go. You're hemmed in a little bit in in terms of like what the character's attitudes and what their point of view is, Um, you know. But that being said, I mean, I this is my I took two years off from the writers' room, season thirteen and fourteen, and uh, so I felt a little fresher coming into it this year. And um, I, I I can honestly, I think I can honestly say this season of Sunny is probably going to be our best in many years. Yeah, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia premieres tomorrow, ten p.m. on FXX. And they're killing it. They they do write a lot of the episodes, but they also have some very competent other um, staff writers that have written some of the, the best episodes. So I'm looking forward to this. couple things to remind you about today. Uh, it's Tattoo Day. We have a chance for you to win a President Steve tattoo for free. Text the word tattoo to 39333. You might win a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. They're at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia, and it's got to be a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo. Uh-huh. And also, while you're in the, you know, you're getting your phone up and you're punching in that text, maybe you want to call us because we can invite you to the Preston and Steve Christmas Miracle! If you are a fan of our show, if you know our show, then you want to call in. We'll take uh, the next three callers, the first three callers at 215-263-WMMR. You have to be at least 21 years of age and able to join us on December 21st at Parks Casino inside the Parks Excite Center. You and a friend will be able to go, but only you will be eligible to be called upon to the podium to possibly participate in our game. All right, so let's have you get on board. 215-263-WMMR. Three callers right now. We'll get you on board, and then we will see you at Parks on the 21st. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Frank Caliendo live in our studio this morning, returning shortly.
HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. So, coming up in a little while, we're going to get some information. My friends at Acme are going to share with us the totals of Camp Out for Hunger monetary donations that were made at Acme because it continued. You know, we we had the Camp Out for Hunger, like, abnormally early this yes. year. Probably next year won't be as early. Uh, but we'll have to see how things uh, work out with the uh, um, <clears throat> uh, the plans in place. Yeah. and. Uh, but nonetheless, the donations continued until the day before Thanksgiving. So we're going to find out today how much money was raised in total going to fill abundance for the Camp Out for Hunger. Very excited. <clears throat> so that'll be coming up in the next segment, most likely. And our buddy Frank Caliendo is going to be in the studio this morning, which is cool, because he's got gigs coming up at the Hard Rock in Atlantic City and also in Bethlehem at Wind Creek Event Center. But for now... I think it's time to find out what they've been working on at the Just Saying Institute because there have been lots of studies that have been done as of late. The Just Saying Institute, home of the new Tiger Woods Urology Center. Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, so I have one story in particular that I find slightly disturbing. Not in Uh, like a graphic way or anything like that, but um, I'll get to that in a moment. We'll ease it. We have graphic as well. I'm going to start with this one. All right, so it's no secret that sleep deprivation has many detrimental effects, but new research shows that this includes an unsteady gait as well. Scientists used to believe that walking was a fully automated process, but now we know that the brain significantly influences this action. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Adults need to sleep at least seven hours each night for optimal brain function. Any less may affect your ability to walk purposely, avoid obstacles, and keep your balance. Oh, you're just well. tired, right? I mean, that would be, that's my understanding of it. You're, you're tired. Everything is not functioning quite right. Now, I get about five. So, uh, and the weekend's a little bit more. But I have, you need to see me. I tap dance around here. I'm yeah. doing the parkour all the time. This is how I live. <laughs> you're an anomaly. Yeah, you're you're one of the. It's not everybody, but most people. Most the overwhelming majority of people need seven hours of sleep. You don't because there's something wrong with you. <laughs> well, by the time you leave, and you don't know this, a lot of you guys don't realize that after work, I have a, I hold a bossa nova class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's which, cool. It's great. It's down at, next to Cho's. Are there openings? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. All right, good. Yeah. I, I'll try to pencil you guys in. I'm game. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure there's a long list, but <laughs> it's a blast. You can get us on there. Blame like, it on the bossa nova. Marissa had a um, a bout of insomnia last night, so we should all watch. Watch her walk and uh, see how she's faring around the office today. Uh, but so apparently they um, they did a study observing college students during a treadmill test at the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil. A new study published in Scientific Reports found errors were larger in people with acute sleep deprivation. Uh, the lead author of the study found oddly, however, students who had attempted to reduce their sleep deficit by sleeping in on weekends performed a bit better on the task. So I do sleep in a bit on the weekends. I wake up at 7 as opposed to 3.35. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still completely disagree with uh, when they say you can't catch up on your sleep on the weekends. I think I 100% do. Okay. You do? Okay. Oh my God. Yes, Listen, and, and I asked Dr. Mike about this many times, and there, as you said, Preston, there are some people who are anomalies. Man, I, I feel the need to dance. You should. You yeah. and Kathy, she knows the bossa nova. It is um, ridiculous how many bossa nova songs we have in our library. Really? Yes. Well, it's the back to, it used to be back to school bossa nova songs. 
A to Z. Yeah. Play a couple uh, couple more Bossa Novas here, Kate. All right. Well, this one we're playing now is called One Note Samba Bossa Nova. This is Amy's theme Bossa Nova. Okay. Let's hear it. I like that. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds like Smooth Operator. Totally. Yeah, it's a rip off of Smooth Operator. Do you know what makes a bossa nova? It's actually, it's a rhythm. Is it? Yeah, so if you hear the clobbies in the background, it's like, tink, 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 yeah. tink, 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 That's a dotted eighth note rhythm, and that's the bossa so wait, nova part. is this... Is that a bossa nova? This is Cannonball Run. Chuck me and Um, it's more of a samba. Okay. This one's a bossa nova right here. Right, this one is... Sleepy ass Bossa Nova right there. It's very right, Come on, man. This one is not Bossa Nova, but it is Boss's Daughter by Pop Evil. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. Yeah. All right, sorry. All right, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so, I don't even know how we got there. We were talking about the, how many people who uh, have, are sleep-deprived cannot do the bossa nova. Okay, there yeah. it is. Now you hold so, a bossa nova class every day. Yes, I do. Work. That's why I'm trying to help correct the issue. <laughs> According to the National Sleep Foundation, a little as 10 minutes a day of aerobic exercise can drastically improve nighttime sleep quality. Well, I'm doing that. So when I do Your my... bossa nova. I'm doing yeah. my bossa nova. And then I do, of course, I do uh, hiking and the treadmill and all that stuff. So I do that every day. I'll, um, let me ask you... Have you ever been so tired that you've walked into a wall or a door edge? Sure. Or, and, and it's like, that's when you say, okay, maybe I need to get more sleep. Oh, yeah. I've definitely <laughs> yeah. done that. All right. Uh, something else from the JSI. Here's the uh, story that I told you I found a tad bit disturbing. All right. In scientific discoveries. Over billions of years, or- billion. <laughs> organisms have evolved many ways of replicating from budding plants to sexual animals to invading viruses. And now scientists have discovered an entirely new form of biological reproduction mm. and applied their discovery to create the first ever self-replicating living robots. Why? Why, why would you even begin this route? Does, I mean, has, this does no time. one take yeah. the warnings <laughs> from science fiction, just speculative fiction, mm-hmm. from people like Stephen Hawking, from people like Carl Sagan throughout the years who have warned against stuff like this? The first ever I don't like it. replicating living robots. Now, I'll explain. It's Are little, they like nanites? It's kind. Of, these aren't little constructs of uh, of metal or plastic. It's kind of hard to explain. So the same team that built the first living robots, which yeah. are called Xenobots, assembled from frog cells. This is back in 2020. Right. Had discovered that these computer-designed and hand-assembled organisms can swim out into their tiny dish, find single cells, gather hundreds of them together, and assemble, uh, quote, baby Xenobots inside their Pac-Man-shaped mouths. So... 
that a few days later become new Xenobots that look and move just like themselves. So let me ask you this, and this is what I think we might be moving towards here, though it's all terrifying on some level. Uh, could you, with these programmed um, Xenobots, could you use them to target disease in a human body? They haven't indicated that in particular in this story, but I know what you're talking about, the, like nanobots that they can put in right. to uh, distribute medications or to look inside your body and find problems. So these new Xenobots can go out, find cells, and build copies of themselves again and again. According uh, to uh, the co-led, uh, the man who co-led the research, his name is Joshua Bongard. Uh, he the said, Bonger. He said, with the right design, they will spontaneously self-replicate. This all um, sounds horrible. This sounds like, um, you think of like I Am Legend, you know, when they were looking to uh, fight the disease, uh, cure cancer. Mm-hmm. And the cure ended up causing the zombie plague. Well, this reminds me of, and I think it's a phenomenon or a theory... Uh, it may be called uh, the gray blob or something like that. Something like that. And it's how quickly, if something replicates itself yeah. and continues to do that, how quickly it could completely encompass our entire Earth. So, again, I go to the speculative fiction of, like, the John Carpenter's The Thing. When he's sitting there, the scientist is sitting there, and he's running some um, algorithms about how quickly this mutating alien uh, creature could uh, c- could cover the Earth. And uh, that's when he freaks out. So all of those things are terrifying. Uh, okay, so what's the upside of having a real Pac-Man? Nick, by the way, see if you can if you can look up a, a, a theory. I, th- I think it's called Gray Blob. I'm not 100% sure, but see what you can find out. All right, so anyhow, uh, the results in the new research were published on November 29th in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in a Xenopus Lavis Frog... Xenopus lavis frog. These embryonic cells would develop into skin. They would be sitting on the outside of a tadpole, keeping the pathogens and redistributing mucus, according to Michael Levin, a professor. Because we need more snot. Part of this. But he said, but we're putting them into a novel context. We're giving them a chance to reimagine their multicellularity. (laughs) And what they imagine is something far different than skin. People have thought for quite a long time that uh, we've worked out all the ways that life can reproduce or replicate. Uh, but apparently this is new. So, uh, again, <clears throat> any suggestion as to what the the plus side of this is, uh, other than the uh, end of all life on Earth? I'll get to that at the end. So, uh, in earlier experiments, these scientists were amazed that uh, xenobots could be designed to achieve simple tasks. And now they are stunned that these biological objects, a computer-designed collection of cells, will spontaneously Replicate. So we're looking at a picture up here in the studio, and it looks like that one thing it can do is create cinnamon pretzels. It kind of <laughs> looks like that, right? Yeah. Uh, he said, so we have the full unaltered uh, frog genome. Oh, boy. Uh, but, it ca- but it gave no hint that these cells can work together on this new task of gathering and then compressing separated cells into working self-copies. Uh, these are frog cells replicating in a way that is very different from how frogs do it. No animal or plant known to science replicates this way. Like, this is a way of replication they've never seen before. Oh, man. On its own. Yes. The Xenobot parent made uh, of some 3,000 cells from a sphere. uh, And then these uh, can make children. 
But then the system normally dies out after that. It's very hard, actually, to get the system to keep reproducing, they said, though. But so, they'll figure out. No, they'll figure it out. Um, and then, uh, we'll, then we'll be running away from those mm-hmm. Boston Dynamics dogs. By the way. As our uh, pretzel, cinnamon pretzel cell overlords send us to our death. They used an artificial intelligence program uh, that worked on an evolutionary algorithm that was able to <sighs> test billions of body shapes in simulation. Triangles, squares, pyramids, starfish. To find ones that allowed the cells to be more effective at the motion-based kinematic replication reported in the new research. All right, blah, blah, blah. All right, I don't the like AI this. came up with this. All right, you. explain to me why this is good. All right, so... Because I see nothing good about this. So here you go. They, they, it says responding to risk. Some people may find this exhilarating. Others may react with concern or even terror to That's the notion... Me of a self-replicating biotechnology for the team of scientists, the goal is deeper understanding. Uh-huh. Uh, they said we are working to understand this property, replication. Now we understand how quickly we can lose control of Earth. The world and technology is rapidly changing. It is important for society as a whole that we study and understand how this works. These millimeter-sized living machines entirely contained in a laboratory, easily extinguished, it says, uh-huh. and vetted by federal, state, and institutional ethics experts are not what keep me away at night, he said, what presents risk is the next pandemic, accelerating ecosystem damage from pollution, intensifying threats from climate change. This is an ideal system in which to study self-replicating systems. We have a moral imperative to understand the conditions under which we can control it, direct it, douse it, and exaggerate it. Other than that, Steve, it doesn't really mention what, of course. Good, what good this will do. It's like Dr. Frankenstein. It's a moral imperative. All right. Uh, that is chilling stuff. Here you go. Here's the gray goo. Uh... Goo! <laughs> Thank you. Here's the gray goo. Uh, uh, goo! Explanation. It's a hypothetical global catastrophic scenario involving molecular nanotechnology <sighs> in which out-of-control self-replicating machines like this! consume all <laughs> biomass on Earth while building more of themselves. A scenario that has been called... Uh, ecophagy, which, which means you're effed, eating the environment, more literally eating habitation. <laughs> Yay! Holy crap! Oh, so so, uh, with, uh, and and Connor pulled up a scene, uh, a still from the um, the day the Earth stood still. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. And so in in that Gort, the large robot becomes a whole bunch of these like nano bite sized things that swarm and just destroy everything in its path. So I thought, wow, that seems like fun when I was watching that movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah, now this can be delivered on. I uh listen, all species die at some point and at some point so will humanity. And I'm I'm every now and then Preston when you read one of these stories, I'm like is this the one that's going to do one? it? Yeah, is it, are we are we at the beginning of the end? Like knock it off. Yeah. Because it, 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 it never turns out well. Yeah. It'll be history, right. but nobody will be around to reminisce about it, unfortunately. Well, they're going to point back Jesus. at this program and be like, hey, see, we told what, you. What do you think is the most chilling of the, of the end of world scenarios, whether it be the stand or whether it be, wow. you know, what, which one can, you actually know gets under your skin? Zombie stuff. Zombie stuff. It'd be pretty horrible. Rage, around, uh, like know. rage viruses, things yeah, like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so if, if you saw humanity turn into the an aggressive, uh, you know, planet killer of sorts. Like that day that they open up the basement at, uh, for the wedding dress sale. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like if that was global, uh-huh. right? 
I think that would be it because, I mean, you have, you know, you've got an asteroid. You've got, uh, you know, maybe the sun going out. An asteroid takes takes you out quickly. Yeah. When you have to, you got to go, oh, am I, I going to have to fight these things now? Right. Why couldn't it just be a, a, a global collision? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's that, but that gray goo thing sounds messed up. I don't up, like too. gray goo. No, uh, gray I like goo. gray poupon. Yeah. Goo. <laughs> Do you have any gray poupon? All right. Um, <clears throat> well, that was chilly. Yeah, we need something nicer. Yeah, yeah. come on now. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> this from the Just Saying Institute as well. Sorry, I'm a little phlegmy. Uh, so the holidays are not quite magical for everyone, and Christmas music does stress some people out. And there's been no scientific research, but a few surveys in the last decade have found some percentage of Americans dislike Christmas music. May I suggest or posit a a reason why? Mm -hmm. I think when some people hear Christmas music, it reminds them of things that they still have to do Mm -hmm. for the holidays, whether that be shopping or all of the hubbub associated with it. Would that be part of it? Maybe so. Um, You know what? And you guys know that I don't like the hub of of uh, Christmas. I, I just I don't care for it. But I completely understand that. I love Christmas music. I don't like the Hallmark movies. I don't like any of that stuff. But I like Christmas music. I yeah. enjoy it. It makes me feel good. There's some know. songs I don't like as much yeah. like this. <laughs> uh, but however, I am. I love you know this. I love Halloween. I love Christmas. I love the whole deal. And this year. Just because of the way the calendar is working out, I and, and Kathy, you sit next to me, uh, or you, you know, throughout the show, as I'm saying, I think I'm going to do this with the decoration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I'm really extra in on it this year. But I certainly understand for people who are like, ah, it's it's too much, it's overwhelming. I get that. Well, it brings you happiness, you know. So like, it, it does. It, it, it's nostalgic happiness yeah, too. Good. So, uh, yeah. but Casey, that song, right? It's one of my least favorite. And I walked into our lobby this morning, and uh, we have, you know, we have the club uh, one ballad downstairs, and yeah. there's loud music. And that was playing as I no walked way. in, but it was right next to the menorah, which is lit in the yeah. uh, downstairs. There's like, oh, so many candles lit on, my, on the menorah, too, by the way, Two, right? I believe, yeah. Oh, no. It was like, when I walked in, it was like half of them were lit. Oh, no. Serious? No. Yeah. Like, oh, no. This morning, she says there were three. Yeah, three. Today's the third day yeah. of Hanukkah. Okay. That's yeah. what I saw. Three well, I thought there was a nice way to celebrate Hanukkah with the terrible Paul McCartney. Today's the second day. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the second. No. Last night was the second night, which makes tonight the third night, which is so what they're ahead of schedule. And that's when you like, no, no, you have the main. Oh, here we are. Oh, Gentiles talking about oh, this. No. The the central candle stays lit the whole time, if I recall oh. correctly, because oh. you use it to light the other ones. Am I? You will have to tell me whether I'm right about that or not. So I wished <clears throat> Dr. Gary Cohen happy Hanukkah on Sunday, which I believe was the first oh. day of Hanukkah. Connor's nodding. So right, there should go. be three candles lit right. to yeah. the side. Yeah. Okay. okay. Then they're right. Okay. But when I walked in, they were playing Wham, which is a Christmas song that I do. No, that is a Hanukkah song. <laughs> That's why I took a video of it. Cause Wake me up, please. Too. The actual original lyric was, Wake me up, please, Shlomo. Hmm. <laughs> no, there's a lot of Christmas songs, but not, not, not too many songs about Hanukkah. Um, all right, so anyway, back to uh, Christmas music because it is um, quite ubiquitous. Stop it, please. Uh, you'll hear it quite a bit this time of year. Uh, you know, maybe that nanite world destruction thing isn't so bad once I hear that. A Consumer Reports survey from 2011 found 23% of respondents said that they dread seasonal music around the holidays, while a 2017 survey... Uh, found 17% of U.S. shoppers said they dislike Christmas music, while 16% of retail staff said that they feel 
uh, that Christmas music dampens their emotional well-being. Wow. So that's that's people working retail. Now they hear it. Uh, it's yeah, more than no, we do. That, and I completely understand that. Have you ever worked in a in a facility that was um, blasting that all the time? No. Yeah. Okay. I did, I did not. You did, Case. Yeah, I worked American Eagle. Um, okay. When I was oh, in well, there you go. College, yeah. and I only worked around uh, Christmas time. Now, did they pay for just a Muzak system of Christmas music, or were they using actual um, licensed real music? It was. So, from what I recall, it was paid for, but it wasn't a Muzak system. It, but it was their own like, right. CD players okay. that they that they used. All right, I see Heather's calling in. Do you want to get this out of yeah, the way and yeah. talk about uh, Hanukkah? Here we She's go. Gonna tell. She's going to tell. Hi, Heather. Go ahead. I'm not here to talk about pot. I'm here to talk <laughs> about Hanukkah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So tell us wh- wh- where we're right or wrong. Okay, um, Preston. Kudos. You are right with the middle candle. Nice. I forget the name, but that stays lit. At sundown on Sunday, you lit the first candle. Okay. Sundown Monday, you light the second. That third one should not be lit until about four forty-five tonight. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. So, uh, but all right. No, so but we're we, right we, because the the middle one was was lit, and then two yeah. others. Correct. All right, so Back one. Candles. Candles. That, I said you were right. You were right. No, I mean, I mean, our our lobby is right. Our lobby, lobby is right. Is correct, yeah. yes. Where we have a rave every morning as we come in. Yes. Okay. All right, it's awesome. Thank you, Heather. Rave. All right, Marissa. Ju- thank you, Heather. Marissa just bought in, brought in a picture. Is this from what time this morning? That was from this morning, so and it has three candles lit on the side. So the center candle's lit, and then all right. So there's four side. total lit. Oh, so they're so they're cool. ahead. They they should wait till sunset tonight to light that. Menorah one. candle at night, sailors delight. delight. Yeah, right. everything's all right. All right. So anyhow, Dr. Elaine Rodino says Christmas music can have a significant impact on people as it can really connect to memories and emotions, and some people. Mm-hmm. Don't have great memories surrounding winter holidays. It's true. Christmas tunes could also remind people of the stress they experience around the holidays. Rodino says to ease some of that stress, don't get so pulled into the requirements of decorating, sending greeting cards, how many gifts you have to buy for people. All of these categories have easier ways of dealing with it without being a Grinch. And she also says anyone who feels stress or sadness around the holidays should try to uncover and deal with what's causing those emotions and spend time thinking about their issues. And, of course, if hearing Christmas music stresses you out, you should avoid it. Don't listen to it. Doctor, it hurts when I do this. Don't do that. What is your number one Christmas song that you love? Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Is it? No. Uh, I hate it. Like, um, a, like pop rock Christmas song or just like a, of all time? Uh, of all time. And, and, and by That's who? That's a tough one. I'll, I'll tell you what my favorite album is. Uh, Charlie Brown. Oh. Charlie Brown's uh, the, the Vince Guaraldi. So I do um, yeah. Bing Crosby. And so every... Bing Crosby, White Christmas. Yeah. Uh, a classic. I played uh, that. We, we got to pick uh, We got to pick our favorite Christmas songs. I played that as mine one yeah. year. Bill almost had a heart attack. I know. Come on. It was too sleepy for him. I love that song. It gives me the at-home... Hey, mm-hmm. we played my... It was Judy Garland singing I'll Be Home from uh, for Christmas uh, from the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. It's, it, it, that's what you play. I, you know what I actually like? All I want for Christmas is you. Yes, Carrie. Oh, I think it's a fun. It was song. an instant classic. I think instant. It's a, a well done song, and I'll tell you this: um, the the follow up one that she's trying to work is not quite as good. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, listen. Getting a song like that is like lightning. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, you you have to get it. it. Has to strike. It has to catch the fancy, and then become a perennial. Yeah. It's like the the movie about a boy. Exactly. You know, uh, his his dad wrote Santa's Super Slay, which is a fake Christmas song, but uh-huh. it. 
but they portray it as a perennial, and he lives off yeah, of it. Yeah. Like, he does nothing for a living but get the royalties from that song that plays only once a season. Right, right. <laughs> so, or once one time around a time of year. So... Uh, it can be uh, it can be lightning in a bottle, like you said, Steve. But I mean, there's once once we start going down that path, there's a bunch of songs where I'd say, "Well, yeah, I really like that one too." And oh, I really I like sometimes that one. Some of the for, like, for, like, for like real traditional, real you know, religious, you know, Ave Maria and and uh, and uh, Silent Night and Little Drummer Boy and all yeah. that stuff. But then like uh, U2's uh, Christmas, Great. Baby, Please Come Home. Yeah. I love that song, man. The, the uh, Darlene Love appearance on Letterman every year always got me, and so yeah. she she would do that song. And uh, there's actually a YouTube montage of her doing it for like 30 plus years. Oh, Darlene Love from Lethal Weapon? Yeah, uh, yes. Wow. yes, the wife from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> but she, uh, the, I think Casey, because of her appearances on Letterman year after year, that's my favorite Christmas song. Yeah. Well, she appears on the Joe Pesci Christmas album, too, who is also from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. All right. Well, he's Lethal a wet bandit. Yeah, he's got several ties into Christmas. All right, anyhow, that's all we have time for in the Just Saying Institute. Sorry, only three uh, study stories. but we'll Some heavy and yet enlightening stuff. We'll get to it uh, another time. Uh, I want to take a break because when we return, we'll find out how you did in your generosity with Acme Markets and the President and Steve Camp Out for Hunger because that donation uh, program went all the way up until the day before Thanksgiving. We don't know what the totals are. We have no idea. We'll find out when we get back along with you. So stay with us. And then our buddy, uh, Frank Kelly, I know is going to be here. So stay put. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes? You guessed it. Weekly. UMMR.com. The one thing that rocks. Events, photo galleries, car gear in the rock shop, and WMMR.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Bizarre File is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, and it's America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK to get in on the action. Authorities discovered an apparent stowaway Saturday in the landing gear of a flight from Guatemala at Miami International Airport. This blew my mind. Officers apprehended a 26-year-old man who attempted to evade detection in the landing gear compartment of an aircraft, according to the CBP. American Airlines said in a statement the flight was met by law enforcement due to a security issue. Uh, Fire Rescue confirmed to CNN that they transported the man to a local hospital for medical assessment. Why don't we take a five-minute break? In a a video posted... Why don't we take a five-minute break? In a video posted on Instagram, a person is seen dazed, standing in the shadow of an airplane wing with airport personnel reflecting in reflective vests before he appears to slightly lose his balance. And sits on the ground. Smoke if you got him. <laughs> um, there's, there's no way he should be alive. In another video uh, posted by the account, uh, law enforcement and emergency medical services are seen around the man as he is given water and other aid. The CBP said persons are at taking extreme risks when they try to conceal themselves in combined spaces such as an aircraft. This incident remains under investigation. Here's a story fair, uh, fairly local to us. A Wildwood resident found the World War II era munition on the beach and bought it to a nearby brought it to a nearby residence, <clears throat> forcing police to evacuate the area this past Saturday after learning the aging projectile was still live. Ah, that's great. And this is right on the beach, huh? Yes. 
Uh, police and fire... Hey, I found a bomb! And firefighters responded to the West Pine Avenue area after receiving a report that someone found a munition. Members of the Atlantic City Police Department bomb squad examined the munition. It was identified as a 120-millimeter projectile from World War II and found to be a live round, or the World War II era, I should say. Members of the... <laughs> Members of the Atlantic City bomb squad... Removed the munition from the residence, transported it to the beach where it was rendered safe, meaning they, they blew it up. They blew yeah. it up. That's <laughs> yeah. how you render it safe. Residents who were evacuated from West Pine and Maple Avenues were allowed to return home after about two and a half hours. Don't they ask beachgoers to bury their bombs before they go home? Police officials said uh, the Wildwood Police Department would like to remind residents and visitors that if you located any munitions on the beach or anywhere else in the city, please do not touch or handle them. I saw a Bugs Bunny cartoon where he was checking if they were alive by hitting the head with a hammer. Is that something you do? No. No, I'd say don't. Okay. These munitions are dangerous and should only be handled by qualified personnel. It's sort of troubling that there's that stuff still out there. Yeah. By the way, in March, two unexploded World War II era ordinances were found in a backyard in Cape May when a homeowner was having a property cleared and landscaped. Uh, the AC bomb squad removed the ordinances and exploded them on a nearby beach. Preston, did you well. say you uncovered a live German soldier in the sand? I did, I did, yeah, but I let him go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you, know, you war, thank you so much. War's over. All right, so they didn't sign up for this. More than 60 people who went to a British pub to see a band <laughs> ended up spending three nights there after a snowstorm left them stranded. Andrew Heelds co-owns the Ten Hill Inn in Swaledale, uh, and which is known as Britain's highest pub as it sits 1,732 feet above sea level. Wow. Uh, Heelds said two of the three roads leading to the business were blocked by snowdrifts on Friday night, and the third was blocked by a downed power line. Heelds said the pub was not affected by the downed power line and was well-stocked with supplies before the storm. So those stuck there were well taken care of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You're going to get stuck, right? And it happened over the weekend. And they had a band. That's awesome. Uh, one patron who is undergoing dialysis treatment was evacuated by a mountain rescue team, but the rest of the pub's visitors, including the band, were stranded until yesterday morning, and they left after the roads were plowed. Did that person need dialysis before they went into the pub for three days or I at the end of it? do not okay. know. I do not know. But that would have been a great time. Yeah. An Alabama sheriff is trying to figure out how hundreds of FedEx packages ended up dumped in the woods. An estimated three to 400 packages of various sizes were found in a ravine near a small town called Hayden on Wednesday. Huh. Deputies were sent to guard the scene until FedEx workers could arrive, pick up the packages. Sheriff Mark Moon said that uh, FedEx sent multiple trucks and drivers from across the south to load up the packages. Photos posted on the sheriff's Facebook page show the packages strewn about the forest and piled at the bottom of a wood, wooded hillside. I saw a movie that suggested that there is a robust population of Sasquatches that can blend in with the trees, Preston. Okay. And maybe they were ordering all I that. don't know what they're doing in Alabama, but yeah. uh, maybe they are. So, nonetheless, Natasha Abney said that her neighbor found the boxes, said it was just a river of boxes. Yeah. Some <laughs> of them busted open, some of them not. Wow. And it wasn't clear why the packages were in the ravine, the sheriff said, uh, but uh, he hoped to have some answers soon. So, they're digging. Through all of that. Well, a woman attacked two flight attendants on a Spirit Airlines flight to Nashville on Saturday night. She was restrained by a fellow passenger and then yelled at police officers to, quote, shoot me when they arrested her. Wow. 
Airport police arrested a 42-year-old female for public intoxication after the flight crew contacted officers on the ground at Nashville International Airport. All right, it's into the wheel well with you. The flight took off from <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. That's where they should put the yeah, let's put them in the wheel well. Yep. It's going to get a little chilly, and there's probably not going to be a lot of oxygen. When the plane arrived, members of the crew told officers she attacked two flight attendants, punching one and pulling another one's hair before the passenger deplaned. Another passenger restrained her feet with zip ties. And I don't know what that passenger was doing. Sure. Zip ties, but I, they I, did it. I think I'm going to pack away some zip ties for air travel. She smelled of alcohol, spoke in a slurred manner, and her eyes were bloodshot. She told officers she drank, quote, a lot. <laughs> uh, after police arrested her, she yelled at the officers on several occasions using expletives and saying, I didn't do anything wrong and shoot me. I forgot to tell you guys that my brother flew home from Philly to Denver on Saturday night, and uh, they had to kick somebody off the plane for being intoxicated. Yes. No kidding. Saturday, she'd been hanging out of the airport for far too long and was, was in one of the bars, and so uh, officers, TSA agents, had to come on the plane Oof. and escort her out. What so the this hell? Was- so yeah. this was before they taxied or anything like yeah, that. They, they had been uh, sitting at the you know at the tarmac or whatever the gate. Wait, at the gate. Thank yeah. you, and, and waiting to go. And uh, the flight was delayed, uh, and so she just kept on drinking. Got on the plane, was unruly, and then was escorted off the plane. Well, is this a sorry state of affirs? Right. That'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I've at seen a distance, it. and if nobody gets hurt, oh, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Your husband I... get thrown off? Oh God, yeah. I saw oh, like wow. marshals come on board and pull wow. the guy off. Yeah. What was he doing? He was drunk. Like, just yelling and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Effing people. I know. I <laughs> right, well, uh jail logs show that she was admitted into jail on Saturday night, but uh, she was released on 6 a.m. Sunday. So that is what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. All right. So Camp Out for Hunger came and went, right? Yeah. Ah, but it continued on for a little uh-huh. while longer in some form because... Like I said earlier this morning, we had the Camp Out for Hunger kind of abnormally early earlier this year. It had to do with uh, the requirements of being able to build that compound that we do at the Wells Fargo Center complex yes. and having the uh, areas that we need uh, available. And so we went for it. We tried it as, uh, earlier this year. And uh, our friends at Acme stepped up and they started the... Um, money campaign where you can, of course, uh, donate money right there at the register uh, a little bit earlier to compensate for the time. And then once we got going, they're like, you know what? We'll hang on to this for a little while longer. We'll go all the way till uh, Thanksgiving and see what we can get because, obviously, it's about a great cause. It was wild to be, at, you know, know that the camp out was over, at least at the actual facility. And then every time I go into Acme, you know, and was going in to purchase something for the Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, was able to make a donation. So you know what? It's awesome. And before we go to our guest, yeah. I didn't want to acknowledge a moment of uh, Camp Out for Hunger history. Oh. Because it was nine years ago yesterday, apparently, was the anniversary of the Nacho Cannon. The great Nacho Cannon. Where we <laughs> shot the situation with a essentially a gigantic potato gun. <laughs> filled with nacho cheese and chips and chili. It had always been a dream of mine that yes. if you're going to shoot hot dogs into the stands at sporting events, yeah. why not shoot chili as well? Uh, so it says here we have the nacho countdown and explosion, yeah. and then the explosion only. Let's do the countdown and explosion yeah, first, yeah. Casey. Okay. And then we'll do the explosion because I think it's got the events after it. So here here we go. Or no, this looks like it's explosion only. Yeah, this I is shorter. It, I think it's me. Go to the other one. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hold on. In three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Now, to understand uh, just a quick framing of this, Preston, we had Hal Sparks was on the, sh- at the show at that point in time. We went into the tent to conduct an interview. And while we went in, what was actually sort of a loose mash of chili in the cannon had time to solidify mm. into a deadly torpedo. It was cold. Yes. Uh, oh and God. that audio does not quite <laughs> represent how outrageous it was. I mean... It was, and you can see the pituation take uh-huh. right in the chest, and yep. even he's like, oh, boy. And, and when not- he's on the ground, uh, you see, uh, it, it's like fear and pain in his eyes. Yeah, yeah, and his uh, his goggles come flying <laughs> off, and it was a special moment. Oh, my God. In Preston and Steve history. And we're so. thinking, okay, we've finally killed someone. And we were, <laughs> Dude. We're watching the video. Yeah. The video is amazing, so... <sighs> It's all posted. You can go to PrestonandSteve.com and you can see that. And Pituation is alive and well. He is. He is. is. In fact, we talked to him not that long ago. All right. So we are ready to welcome two important people to our show. They've been on the program before. We'd like to welcome the president of Acme Markets, Mr. Jim Perkins. The communications and public affairs manager, Dana Ward. Both to the show. So, Jim and Dana, good morning to you. Good morning, Preston Steve. How are you doing? We are doing wonderful. Thank you guys for coming on today. So we uh, had, you know, teed this up about uh, how the donations continued on. And uh, it was um, it was impressive leading up to that. We, we had announced some totals ahead of time, and we were already ecstatic about that. But it uh, uh, the love just kept going on, didn't it, Jim? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm going to let Dana announce the number as uh, she does all the work, but you know, we've been we've been very proud to work with WMMR and and Preston Steve show for over ten years, and uh, you know, last year we raised uh, an all time high one point three million dollars mm. that we provide turkey dinners and grocery cards to fill abundance and local food banks, food pantries, and schools, as you know. And for the last five years, I think we've hit all time highs. Uh, and before um, you know, before before we announce the number, I just wanted to. Uh, you know, say we are continuing our work to eliminate hunger. It's very important, especially in Philadelphia and the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the area. Phil Abundance puts it to good use. Our other food bank pantries this year they're going to get um, some 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 grocery cards so they can shop with dignity in their local Acme, get the foods their family needs, like fresh produce or dry groceries or even baby food or formula. And uh, you know, I knew I knew guys sooner or later. You know, you're you're not going to top you're not going to top the year before, right? But this ain't the year. <laughs> I like the way you put things, Jim. <laughs> I was I was really leery about that. Uh, you know, could we do another all-time high? You know, $1.3 million last year. And I'll let uh, Dana do the drum roll, and she can announce the number for this year. Dana, the drum is rolling, so feel free. So we just live in probably the best city in the world because... We have a new all-time high, and that's $1,454,710. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. $1,454,710. Is that the number? That's the number. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, amazing. Amazing. We were we were thrilled with the results, you know, a couple of weeks ago. You guys maintained it knowing that, uh, listen, obviously, as you said before, the, our, our uh, partnership on this has been uh, over a number of years. But the fact that you said, hey, let's take it all the way up to Thanksgiving because this is going to be the time when people are spending the most and will be more likely to donate. The results are here. It's obvious. And you guys have, have used uh, at various times... You know the, the 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 ability to to shop with the cards with dignity, and to know that this for so many people is just really a temporary thing to get everybody up on their feet and 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 having a good meal on the table. And Acme has been stellar throughout this. So congratulations to you guys for all your efforts. Oh, yeah, we I, couldn't do it without you. Well, it's it's yeah. a it's definitely a, this team. Uh, effort. I love it that uh, that the city is part of, obviously yes. as well. But mm-hmm. we, we couldn't do it without all of us. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I haven't added little what? thing to throw in there. If you add that to all of the financial donations together, the total is one point eight million dollars wow. raised for Camp Out for Hunger this year. I know it's incredible. unbelievable, absolutely amazing. Man, oh man, thank you guys so much uh, at Acme Markets, uh, Jim and Dana and. All of your associates, everybody in each and every single store and every person, and uh, it's just been incredible. We have one last thing to ask of you. Can we get one of those Preston and Steve cardboard cutouts? <laughs> oh, I will have it personally delivered to you. Don't worry. All right. Oh, thank great. you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank, go ahead, Jim. Before we go, guys, I just wanted to thank all of our customers. They're really the ones that are doing this, and what a giving, uh, you know, open their wallets and, and pocketbooks and the stores to, to give so Thank you very, very much. There's so many people in need. And thanks, you, uh, for allowing us to partner with you. Uh, well, it's, it's you. never going to stop. You yep. are forever going to do it. We, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. now decree it. And uh, we, we, we love, the again, the pairing. And, and here's to many more successful years. Yes. Excellent. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Jim and Dana. Yay! Jim Perkins, President. Yay! Dana Ward, Woo! Communications and Public Affairs Manager of ACME. So that total, again, from ACME, $1.454, wow. $710 uh, add that to everything else, and it's one point eight. Uh, so it's one million eight hundred two thousand two hundred thirty-seven dollars raised for yeah. Philip I mean, Preston again. Going back to the first year, our goal was to raise one ton, one ton of, of food. food. Yeah, yeah. And so two point three million pounds this year, by the way. <laughs> so when we had uh, Jim and Dana on the show on the first day of the campout, we had at that point uh, had around seven hundred thousand dollars raised. So what had happened in the last month was they basically. They being the Philadelphia yeah, the area, peoples. the peoples uh, have du- doubled that. Yeah, right. So Love it. That's awesome. Yes. Wow. Well, good news. Yes. And we're going to end on that. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment, and we will get our good friend, Mr. Frank Caliendo, in the studio. <laughs> going to be in Atlantic City this weekend at the Hard Rock on Friday, and then headed over to Bethlehem at the Wind Creek Events Center on Saturday. So we can spend some time with him. We return and. A concert announcement coming up this morning. Oh, and why not? How would you like to go to the Preston and Steve Christmas Miracle? Yeah, right. Invitation only. We'll take callers 10, 11, and 12. Right now, you have to be at least 21 years of age and available to join us on December 21st. And you need to know your Preston and Steve trivia or you don't win. If you get called up onto the podium, you're not going to win if you don't yeah. know it. So you got to be a true fan. That's what this is about. 215-263-WMMR. Only you will be eligible to be called up under the podium, but you can bring a friend to the live broadcast. We'll take those callers and be back in a moment. 
93.3 WMMR, celebrating 40 years of Pierre on the air. It is said that behind every great man stands a great butler. And that's certainly true for Pierre. After meeting Reginald the butler backstage working for the biggest names in rock, Pierre then secured the services of the often eberated manservant for his own. Here's Reg wobbly performing one of his many neglected duties. Welcome, dear friends, for one of the finest traditions in the entire worldwide history of rock and roll, the workforce blocks. On 933, the WMNLR. to the bustler here, as the sound of the bell, luncheon is served. God bless Pierre Robert. The tightest show in radio. Congratulations from all of us at MMR. Can we call you Boom Boom Shrimp? Yeah, for you can call me Boom Boom Shrimp. Yeah, I like that. That'd be a nice little change. <laughs> well, Boom Boom Shrimp. Yeah, it was Kathy Boom Boom Romano, Romano for a while, I right? forgot about that's that. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Really that's when that. she was working at the Chicken Ranch. <laughs> that must have been when I was thinking about. Our next guest is going to be performing at the Hard Rock in Atlantic City on Friday night. And then he's going to sashay over to Bethlehem on Saturday at the Wind Creek Event Center. Uh, it's been a while, but he's back in our studio. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Kelly. Yeah, here's one of the things that I love to do is I, because I, I haven't been out that much yeah. uh, as I got out around the country, just to start looking at people and seeing how they've evolved yes. in the last year and a half. I'm medium fatness, Frank, right now. Like, I was, I was, I used to be really heavy, and yeah. then I got down to a pretty good weight, and yeah. now I'm kind of right in the middle. You look good, though. Uh, yeah. Good enough. You look good I'm enough. kind of at that good enough. <laughs> yeah. You look um, good where enough. Where people are like, you look better than I remember you on TV. Yeah. But people who had seen me in the meantime are like, wow, what happened? COVID got to you, huh? <laughs> so How we held up? Pretty well. Enough. I was going to go around the room. Yeah, please. Uh, I was going to start with Nick and a man bun, which I wasn't <laughs> ready for. I'm sure you... <laughs> it's, it's pandemic hair, and then it's... I just haven't caught it. I was thinking about it last night. When am I going to cut it? Because it's eventual, uh, and I'm, I've gotten kind of oh, so tired. So that's just... It's just pure laziness is what it is. At this point, yes. It's like me trying to evolve as a comedian. I'll just keep doing impressions. That's that's what I'm going to just keep on doing. Okay, so I got got that. Uh, Steve, well, Kathy. Always. Skip me, skip me. I've never talked to You never grade the women. That's a a bad idea. Yeah. I found out through marriage. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, you you, you look the same. Actually, Steve, you look pretty much the same. Casey looks thinner, I think. Yes, Uh, he's uh, lost a lot of weight. I didn't even realize it was you at first yeah um and then preston i you still look good uh well, you, yeah so i think uh, nick's the only free <laughs> <All right. laughs> so I, I was i had tucked my scalp back into a bun but it was is that very painful i was trying to think yeah. of it I think it, it was found, like that scene in brazil where they stretch the face you see you found a way to get that joke i was trying to figure out a way to do the same joke and you just did it better <laughs> just a big then, ball of flesh on the back of your head <laughs> Oh my God! You remember that, right? He's like yeah. a Star Wars character yeah. almost there too. You can do the bar. It's good to see you though, man. And just just yeah. looking back at you know, uh, again, 
these are the things, the little signs of normalcy, and you're out and about, and I've been, you know, doing a, the, the research on you and stuff like that. And, and uh, What research is there? What have you there's been doing? There's research. You look at your various social media and things oh, okay. that are going on and things that we've never talked to you about, and it's... I realize how long it's been. Yeah, know? it's it's been a, a little uh, a, a bit of time. I love your social media stuff, though. I love I love what you're doing, and I love I love you. You have the podcast, right? Which, yeah, I've been doing less of that. I, yeah. I don't know how you guys do it every day. I, know, I mean, right? I try to do it once a week, and I, I we were doing that. And I'm like, I've run out of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you have like talent. Like, yeah, you have legitimate. It's true. Talent. It's yeah. true. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, you really, have, really, you really nailed it with that one. Thank like, you so much. Can, hold on, everybody else, be quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. talk. You're just so handsome too. See, that's what yeah. I did. Is I complimented your thinness, yeah. and now it's like now let's it's just give it back fast. for hours. It's a big circle jerk. Oh, no, wow. but like if you, if I had what you have, like I, you know, I'd be able to like post, you know, several times a day. Yeah, and and, I mean, I, I, there's certain things I've started doing these TikTok things where I tried to figure out. I, I was a, I was against getting on TikTok 100. I hear you. And everybody yeah. I talked to is completely against getting on. Then I did a show with David Spade and Sal Volcano, and we're all talking about, yeah, are you on it? Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like um, it's like a horrible cancer and wonderful ice cream all at the same well, time. Well, yeah. If you go into a, if you go into an executive's office, yeah. in L.A. In Hollywood, they will say, "What's your social? What are your social media numbers?" <sighs> now, the TikTok stuff is the easiest thing to grow on because yeah. you could just have one TikTok that goes to thirty million people. All of a sudden, you have a million followers <laughs> out of nowhere. Right, and right. You look at somebody has like thirty-five views, forty views, two hundred <laughs> views, fourteen point seven million views, and you're like, "That was the one thing you did, guy licking dog." Yeah. It's, it, it, so that's a, so. I just took the easy route once again and just went. Oh, I'm going to just start doing these TikTok things. One thing I found was the teaching people how to do impressions. Yes. Was a, you know, it's because people look to learn mm-hmm. on there, and it's more entertainment than actual teaching. Um, but as, you know, you know, doing some voices where right. you can find certain voices, first of all, as I tell people, there's like a bass voice, and that's the one they – for some reason, I don't know what it is, but it's Jim Henson doing Kermit the Frog. Right. Is one – because I don't consider impressions – of cartoons, I, I should say it like this. I don't consider cartoons and Muppets to be so much impressions because they're characters. Okay, right. it's, it's voice acting, doing, yeah, which, voice doing, acting. which is yeah. a different thing. Right, right. Yeah. But it's easier to emulate a cartoon character because it's somebody putting on something to create that. Well, right. Let me say that w- growing up, and uh, there was a show on called The Copycats years mm-hmm. ago with Frank Gorshin and Rich Old Little, school, yeah. and, uh, Marilyn Michaels, I think, was the female, and she was uh, um, amazing. And I would use their impressions as keys to do my impression. Right. There's some that I've just generated on my own. As you get older, you start doing that. Your <laughs> your voice, though, happens to hit at a perfect, malleable level, I think, for, I think, some of the most uncanny impressions I've heard have come See, out of your mouth. it's interesting because I don't think I have a great voice for that. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I, I fight my way into a lot of them. Um, but it, it, like a cartoon character is, uh, you, you create something with your, what's up, doc? You, right. know, you create something to get there. If it's just a person talking, it's harder to find something. Cause what do you have to unlock? What you said was you find, you would see somebody on the copycats. You go, okay, they unlocked it. Yes. Now uh, the, the gates are open. I can go and do that. Unlocking is a, is a perfect uh, and, way to refer to Unlocking yeah. is way easier to do with a cartoon character or something like that. Right. Because you watch what they do. If it's Heinz Doofenshmirtz, it's very. Very interesting. You know, that, <laughs> right. except for the cartoon people, they'll be like, you sound nothing like them. And they'll be like, 
what do you mean? It sounds pretty close. They're like, yeah, but in cartoons, you have to nail it exactly. Yeah. You know, because it is an exact voice. They talk the same way all the time. Where you can see the difficulty in nailing things is when you go from like Mel Blanc to the subsequent. Yes. Bugs Bunny. Or Scooby-Doo. Or just It's like that uncanny valley, they say, when they CGI someone and you can tell it's not quite right. Even with, like, Homer Simpson, because it's been 30 years with Dan Castellaneta doing it, but the voice at the beginning is different than the voice now. It's more Walter Matthau. Yeah, and you you watch the evolution of it or you hear the evolution of it, and it throws you off when you go back to the beginning. Well, he and Bart kind of flip, too. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, as far as the the character, the way they were. Homer became the main character over Bart. Right, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Homer became the the bumbling type of guy, whereas right. that was a little bit more barred at the beginning. You've yeah. done, but you've done uh, cartoon. Did you do Gravity Falls or, or no, just little bits little of things? Bit, yeah, I've just yeah. done little things. Uh, I've never been great at at those cartoons because I I do try to stay more in the the, the realm of reality with right. people. It's not big over the top. So to backtrack there with the Kermit the Frog. That voice, for some reason, can get you unlocked to it into a bunch of different things. So, hi, Hong Kermit Frog here, right? Right, right? Reporting from the planet Coos Bean. So, if you bring it down just a little bit, it becomes John C. Riley. <laughs> like, you put it in the back of your throat, and there's like there's a bubble back there, and I had no idea. Did you touch my drum set? Did you touch my drum set? So, that's in there right that's there. That's great. But then you add a and little bit. And that's very Barkley-esque, too, right? right? It could be. If yeah. you bring it down just a little bit here, <laughs> that brings down a little bit more to the chest. Then you're not being a knucklehead. <laughs> that gets that. If you add some air, uh, some airiness, a little bit of airiness to it, it becomes Mark Ruffalo as Professor Hulk. I see this as an absolute win. <laughs> wow. Jeez, Tony, I didn't even know that was... I didn't even know that was possible. Tony. But then you bring it, and it can become Joe Rogan. It's like, wow, Jamie, pull that up, Jamie. Oh, my God, wow. Is that a wildebeest? That's crazy. So wow. there are there, all You're those right. voices. It's just a little bit of throat. George W. Bush yeah. becomes Tara Bradshaw. Chris Rock. It's, it's so weird how they're just, they're just little bits. Right, how do you work these out, the, these impressions? Because whatever you hear in your own ears is not necessarily what everybody else hears. So do you have to, like, say something, record it, listen to it Yeah, back? and play it over and over mm. and over. So do, do, you sit, do you sit with, because this is when I've done it, not to, you know, embryonic compared to your level, uh, but you'll you'll watch a movie and just keep repeating what they're saying or watch a broadcast. Yeah, you find something and just right. say the thing. Like, so let's go Chris Hemsworth. Right, yeah. So Chris Hemsworth would be, uh, just say, Loki, Loki, my brother. Loki, my brother. Loki, my brother. And if you bring it down a little bit, it becomes, I'm Maximus Dismus Meridius. <laughs> so it's interesting because... Uh, Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe's down here, uh, yeah, and Chris Hemsworth's up here, up here, <laughs> you know. So that's where <laughs> that's uncanny, that right there. Yeah, well, that's it great. It's interesting because you don't. Uh, sometimes a person like yourself can present an impression, and I didn't even realize that that person was impressionable. Okay, so like I'll give you an example, like Jay Farrow uh, when he did his Denzel Washington. I'd never thought of Denzel Washington as being someone, an impression for people to take on. And then I heard it, and I'm like, oh, my God. Now it's like I yeah. really hear all the isms. It's the best one I've ever heard Jay Farrow do was Jamie Foxx. Because that's, like, oh, yeah. that's like one where you go, oh, my God, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and Jay's a great guy and very, very funny. 
but he's one of those guys where he comes up with those new ones and you go, holy crap, where did it, that's just interesting. That, cause then, like, I, and that's the unlocking. So then somebody else right. will watch it and right. do it. And that's what, you know, it used to be all, everybody stayed, anybody who did impressions stayed away from that stuff. Or, now people just copy everything. And that's why I just started showing people how to do them. So, <laughs> so I'd at least get some credit. Like I did a Michael Keaton the other day and it's all in the, Michael Keaton's in the S's. S. Right. I guess that. Uh, it's just in there. <laughs> just a little uh, I guess that. Uh, <laughs> you know the line that I would would I would try or or, or that, is it, you, you want to get nuts? Let's yeah. get nuts. You want to get nuts? Yeah. Come on! Yeah, yeah. Let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah. But you're exactly right. You find that find the vowels and the s's. I mean, you, you're so good to to grab that uh, again. To, to Preston's point, earlier impressionists, there were a lot of people like Jimmy Durante. Oh, that's right. an obvious because they were yeah. big over John the top. Wayne, big over yes. the top with very characteristic voices. So you go in on an on a on a nuance and work it. I right. mean, honestly, Chris Hemsworth should be kind of a. St- but I immediately heard Chris Hemsworth because well, he's kind of yeah. yeah he's you know he's Shakespearean as Thor right um, and then but he's Australian right so his actually Chris Hemsworth talking is different than Chris Hemsworth as Thor sure but most people know him as Thor or Robert Downey Jr. If you do Robert Downey Jr. You just sound like you're going to burp halfway through every sentence. <laughs> totally. Okay, so totally. I just <laughs> drank one of these nine sodas that. You guys gave me. Let me just explain this for a second. Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> what happened was, uh, Nick, I asked Nick for a diet soda, and he brought me a Diet Coke. And I didn't say anything about it because Nick's a great guy. <laughs> Behind the man bun, there's a lot going on. <laughs> but then Marissa saw me sitting in the Acme Lounge, which, by the way, $1.45 million dollars. <laughs> Better than Stark Industries could have done. <laughs> and she brought me two Diet Dr. Peppers, and I said, hey, this person gets me. <laughs> but what I didn't want to do, what I didn't want to do is make Nick feel bad, so I kept the Diet Coke, and he'd done a lot to get it, because even when he brought it to me, he was wheezing a little bit. So <laughs> I knew he went through an effort. So do me a favor, just enjoy me. Even the way, the way uh, which I wouldn't have picked up on with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. is you said "sew," which is a very kind of Philly, uh, Baltimore type of pronunciation. Okay, of that, I didn't uh, even know where that came. So, so, because he will hang on to a word, right, yeah. right, yes. and, and punctuate it. Hit the. I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit the T hard. Just like I hit that D. Yeah, <laughs> he does all the time, and, and like in the in that uh, that first scene in an uh, Iron Man, you know, where they're sitting in the Humvee and they're and they're rolling along, and he's talking about uh, this. Don't want to see this end up on MySpace. Uh, but that that's kind of that you you've nailed that pentameter, which is also part of it. Right, it's the cadence. Yeah, the, uh, right. But watch this. What happens if you raise a little bit? Here we go. I'm freaking Dr. Evil. Oh, yeah, okay. Nice. So throw me a freaking bone here. Did I say throw me a freaking bone here? No. Yeah. But I could have. Now, if you go Dr. Evil, and this isn't political, but if you make some airiness, quite frankly, it becomes Donald Trump. Yeah. Very, very. So it's it's interesting how they're all, it's, the cadences aren't that far off. What has wow. eluded you? What has eluded you as far as, because I think, again, and I, you, though you say you don't have a, a, a foundational type voice, I think you do because you're not, you, you're not too much any one way. But yeah. which one has the people been difficult? Uh, well, there's, I mean, there's so many. I, I, if, if I don't do it, I can't. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you haven't heard, like, that's pretty easy. That's pretty. <laughs> that's the statement. If you, you haven't heard, you can't you do, do it. it uh, is there know, one you're working on? 
Yeah, there's there there with some that I'm working on constantly. Jack Black is yeah. one uh, that I can think. I figured out the singing and you know, Legend of the Kung Fu Panda, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah, it yeah. From, it comes from there. But what do you do with it? You, right. You have most of the Avengers. Uh, yeah. Chris Evans is he worthy? I mean, yeah. Does he this, have well, there's enough? a cadence with him. Five years ago, we lost all of us. We lost friends. We lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. Yeah, nice. I could do this all day. <laughs> yeah. That's that's. When I, have I ever told you about meeting Chris Evans? Oh, you, no. you got so uh, it's a picture I love on your Instagram. You got your daughter also to to meet. So these Chris Ace Comic Cons, yeah. uh, and we talked about some of the Comic Cons. I feel like I've told you this before, but what's the difference? Um, we all forget. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we uh, I, w- I went and got to go backstage uh, for one with Chris Evans, and it was actually to meet Josh Brolin because Josh Brolin. Oof. Uh, used me as the inspiration for Thanos. No. Uh, <laughs> Inevitable. Uh, no, I, I, he used it for uh, for the movie W. So, uh, oh, okay. there we go. So, yes. Brolin and Oliver yeah. Stone watch me. I have interviews with both of, both of them talking about me oh, wow. uh, as, the, you know, the, the, one of the things they watched to get the George That's to, un- to unlock George W. Bush. That's amazing. And, you're, so, you're, and you, to begin with, by the way, you're also a big pop culture comic book fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The MCU is, right. uh, like, my daughter is so into it. Uh, it got me even more into it. But I, I love that stuff. So uh, I grew up with the super friends. Meanwhile, let the whole of justice <laughs> back, my little. <laughs> and the star found its way to change transitions. <laughs> um, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> that was uh, uh, Enoch Chuck. That's when he would grow. Yes. Yes. And that was, uh, I can't even think Apache of his name. Chief. Apache Chief. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and then there was Samurai. Because of the old Ihaiku. Yeah. New spin. Um, uh, I liked so, Vulcan, the first black superhero. Yeah, on there. yeah. He was awesome. He was Black Vulcan. Yeah. He was yeah. Black Vulcan. Yeah, they'd always yeah. put black in front of the name. <laughs> right. So you had... You, this guy's black. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, so I'd gotten... I'd gotten... To, uh, I'd called my agents because apparently Josh Brolin had the same agency. I said, can we meet Josh Brolin? So yeah. in the meantime, we'd gone and taken a picture. I have this picture of Josh Brolin and my wife and me. And it's like my wife's not even in the picture. And he's like... <laughs> Why do I know you? Yeah. Kind of a thing. So we finally get in backstage, and uh, the agent said, you can go in, but unfortunately, Chris Evans is going to be there at the same time. I'm like, I'll deal. <laughs> <laughs> and my, it's for my 13-year-old daughter yeah. at the time. It's in Seattle. It's on her birthday. Amazing. So um, so we get back there, and Roland's like, I knew it was you. He's like, I, he's like, I just couldn't figure out why you were in Seattle. How cool. And then Chris Evans goes, what are you guys talking about? Mm-hmm. And like, he's like, this guy did, uh, this guy was an inspiration for a movie for me, and then I did the Thanos joke. And he He's like, wait a second, who are you? And Evan's yeah. like, who are you? I'm like, Frank Callino. He's like, oh, my God. And he starts quoting. He's like, do Madden doing this. Do, uh, do some Belichick because he's a huge Patriots fan. And my daughter's like, this is insane. Yeah. Captain America <laughs> knows my dad. Wow. So then we get done. We go out. Uh, we're done because we're ta- people out there take tons of pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. Everything's behind because Evans wants to keep talking. And Brolin's just talking to my daughter because she broke her elbow. 
Uh, and that's how she got into the MCU, was watching all these movies. And I was like, wow. so you started watching movies? Like these movies because she was because you broke your elbow. That's insane. It's right. insane. He's like, dude. <laughs> so we go out and then uh, Evans takes a little break. Like five minutes later, behind the pipe and drape stuff, and he comes over. He's like, Frank, come here. And we're talking for a little bit more. And my daughter Julia goes, "This is incredible." I go, "Why?" She goes, "He didn't have to talk to you this time. <laughs> he wanted to talk." To you. Wow. So we went to another one, and uh, and Hemsworth, who is uh, not, I don't believe, a, maybe he's a football fan. I don't know. He didn't seem to know me very much. So uh, it was pretty cool because he doesn't even talk. Chris Hemsworth just, uh, he kind of mumbles things and people understand him somehow. <laughs> just out of handsomeness. Right. Yeah. Things, I've, I've never seen women just faint out of, like, they just, <gasps> <laughs> but it, Just out of deference to his looks. Yeah, and he would, yeah. he just would say, he'd be like, uh, yes, uh-huh, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, we're good, all right. And people are like, yes, whatever you do, I'm going to run down the street, go grab something for you and be right back. Yeah, sounds good. Yes, I'm going to be, all right, And Hemsworth, doesn't even Hemsworth doesn't walk. He floats. He yeah. walks with bent legs. So it's like a vampire movie where they just kind of float along. Mm-hmm. There was, but those those are the most and and probably the nicest of anybody was Tom Hiddleston, who uh, does a bunch of impressions. He's does. very oh, good. Incredible. Yeah. He's very good. And, and, yes, I'm, I am. Uh, yeah. he he, that's how he talks. And yeah. he's just, normally, he's like, when he's not doing, I am like of Osgard. But he's like, um, could you um, do um, perhaps um, um, a little bit of me? And I, um, I said, um, yes, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he's hushed and very polite. Yes, and, very and, polite. Uh, that's but he's, great. But, yeah, he, and he kind of he, he slumps into when he's, Speaking, but he wasn't. He when I met him, he was Loki, but Loki hadn't broken to be as huge of a character. Well, with the series too. Now. Yeah, and, well, and, and, well, even uh, Endgame, uh, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame, yeah. and even a little bit Ragnarok. Um, but hmm. yeah, I mean those. Those movies, but like Spider Man, you know, uh, No Way Home. Everybody's just going crazy for that. Has that yeah. hit, has that hit here yet? We were we were, t- we were talking about it um, earlier, and obviously with the multiverse stuff and, and so on. Did you still do a party? Uh, you were doing a podcast based solely on. Yeah, this but I, stuff. you know what? Like you said, you told me you're like there's so many of those. It's yeah. hard to even do. I was like, yeah, I, we'll dabble into it every once in a while. Sure, but sure. Kind of gotten away because there's yeah. people who know so much more than me. I'm like a basic right. fan of stuff. That it's hard when people know the 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 uh, the issue it came from. I got you. Just yeah. going to reset real quick. We're just tuning in. Frank Caliendo is here. Uh, be at the Hard Rock uh, on Friday night in Atlantic City, and then uh, Wind Creek Event Center in Bethlehem on Saturday. I, in the same way, I love to talk about this stuff, but when you get around the really knowledgeable, oh, it's incredible. You feel like a neophyte. But what I love about this is you have the same relationship. My daughter, my my sons love the MCU as well, but my daughter, who's only fourteen is just way into it and is, had seen the movies here and there. And earlier in the year, or maybe it was last year we started, I'm like, let's watch every single movie, yeah. every yeah. single one together. And it's been such a great journey. And now with the continuing thing, like we were watching Hawkeye last night. Right. It's just the best. Yeah, it's and, and Endgame was a culmination for us. My son started out loving the MCU, mm-hmm. so he was really into those. But then he got to the age where he didn't want to be with Dad so much. Uh. And my daughter just jumped into it. And the first one she really saw that she loved was Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And she loves comedy, and she's very, very funny. She's very quippy. She does impressions as well. Yeah, yes. she started yeah. doing uh, this Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, get out. That, that's just crap. I haven't had put her on social media doing it. She doesn't really do any social yeah. media, but she's like, wow, you you look like the 4th of July. Like she, she nails it. I'm like, how do you even know what? Oh, man. Do, like you, the, do, you, do you think she might end up as an entertainer? Uh, she, I, I, I wish she would. I think she wants to get into PR and stuff okay. like that. But she's she's still a little shy. But she's really a good actress. 
Um, well, and she she's got these accents. Like she'll just break into a British accent, and oh. people are like. Is your daughter British? <laughs> no, she's just messing with you. What I've seen is she's a very likable. She definitely yes. has a, your attributes, and, and she seems very talented. And I saw one picture that caught my eye, which was, I think it was on either Twitter or Instagram. It's uh, at a Harry Styles concert. Oh, yeah. And it looks like Dad pulled some strings. Yeah, Dad, Dad, and Dad, what did you Dad. do? Well... I didn't think about it until the last second. Uh, I bought some tickets yeah. uh, on the secondary market, which is not really buying. Yeah. It, it's more going into debt. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they they were expensive yeah. tickets, and I I I generally I won't buy tickets for most sporting events because I can get around a lot of people who can get them for me for free. Right. And I am just a pig. I'm just a whore that way. I don't I don't have any problems with that. Sure. If I've worked with the NFL as long as I have, I don't have a problem uh, trying to get free stuff, you know, from there. But I, I don't know rock and roll. It's not even rock and roll, but I don't know yeah. music. Um, but then I saw something, and I wanted, I was like, "Is Harry? I wonder if Harry Styles is with CAA, the agency. Right. And uh, I, turn, I email my main agent, and he's like, yeah. I'm like... How good of tickets can I get? Yeah. And he's like, well, they have some family and friends tickets that you might be able to pull off. Uh, I was like, uh, okay, what do I need to do for that? And he's like, we'll send you a sheet that says Harry Styles, family and friends. <laughs> like, well, this is already scrapbook material, uh, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I want to, I want to, I want to explain this too because I even said this to people, but. I actually was on the road working that day. My wife went with her, but people thought it was me, and I yeah. explained it a few times and said it wasn't me. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say I'm the one there with her. Because uh, she's, like, tearing up. In the oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, that was sent to me immediately. Uh, yeah, and she just, <laughs> like, those eyes are just beautiful, and she was just crying. And so she got front row. Oh, yeah, well, there you go, row, dude. Right behind the pit, and she's 4'11". So uh, she wouldn't have been able to see in the pit. Yeah. So she got the very front row, and it ended up she was sitting next to uh, actual family and friends, uh, the choreographers, friends, I get or family. Wow. Um, so she she was actually a little bit, but Harry apparently looked at her once, <laughs> uh, and it was like re- reverse Medusa. <laughs> uh, but she like she's like, Dad, you're not gonna believe this. Oh my god! And I was like, I'm, I, What? You're a, you suddenly are a Valley girl? Where did that come from? <laughs> I guess that's the wrong Valley. We do live in Phoenix, but that's uh, very different the kind of Valley. But that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, to be able but to those do are that. the moments. Everything I yeah. do, for the most part. You know, when I, I, I you know, basically, I say like this, I whore myself out in some of these things. It's for my kids. I don't, I don't try to meet famous people, super famous people. I don't try to meet athletes and stuff like that unless it's for my kids. Yeah. And like, oh, I'll, I'll do anything. And they're like, no, dad, don't do it. I'm like, you know what? You'll never forget this. Let me be yeah, the awkward yeah. dad. Yes. And half the time they seem to know me and they're pretty cool about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if you go up to somebody and they don't know you, I'm sure you, I don't want to say this because it might sound negative, but in radio, that, you know, people don't always know your faces, but mm-hmm. as soon as they find out who you are a little bit more, and it's a little different nowadays because you guys are everywhere and your face is everywhere. But when you're younger, I guess, when you're yeah. early on in your career, people go, oh, wait, 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 you're Preston and Steve. Oh, oh, come on. All of a sudden, it opens things up and people are like, oh, my gosh, you're part of my life. Yeah. And you don't realize how little things you do affect people so much. It's so amazing. That, that, and you can you can be... Uh, something that helps somebody evolve, and yeah. it's really crazy, and and they they appreciate it, and they know it, and then 
I just use that to my benefit. <laughs> yeah. And then you exploit it. You know I am Italian, you know? Hey. Mostly for your kids. Me, yeah, a little, little bit. Well, it's it's for my kids, but it's make me to make me look pretty cool in <laughs> yeah, my kids. Uh, There's a big part of it that's being a cool dad again. No one's going to argue uh, against that. No. Yes, everyone would want that. Listen, I want to take a break. We're going to come back. You can hang, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, definitely. Definitely. So uh, our buddy Frank Caliendo, like I said, is going to be at the Hard Rock in Atlantic City on <laughs> Friday. And then Wind Creek Events Center in Bethlehem on Saturday. Tickets, you can just go to frankcaliendo.com. We'll come back with more of Frank, so hang tight. We'll be right back. Catch the Preston and Steve Show live every weekday morning in your car, on the radio, at work, using the MMR app, or at home, telling Alexa or Google, play MMR. And now, you can watch the Preston and Steve Show live on YouTube. Pretty cool, huh? Just search YouTube for Preston and Steve and enjoy the show. Checking out Preston's Daily Rock Tea and Steve's Superhero Collection? Just an added bonus. The Preston and Steve YouTube live stream. Sponsored by Newman University. Come discover the new you. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We'll do some more invites for the Christmas Miracle live broadcast coming up on the 21st in a little bit. Hang in there. And we also have a concert announcement this morning. So Mm -hmm. that's on the way as we get closer to 10 a.m. But in the meantime, we're spending some long overdue time with our friend Frank Caliendo, who is here with us yes. at Hard Rock AC tomorrow, Friday night and then uh, the Wind Creek Event Center in uh, Bethlehem on Saturday. And you get tickets at frankcaliendo.com. I was looking at your Instagram <laughs> account, a picture of your dog sitting on your wife's lap. Your dog is gigantic. Uh, uh, so let me preface this. Okay. <laughs> So we have four Shih Tzus. Okay. Uh, first of all, very small dog. Uh, yeah, they they range from two pounds to. Oh, there's the picture. Of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, his name is Rocco, by the way. Uh, the he's a Saint Bernadoodle. Uh, Saint Bernadoodle. Yeah, so, okay. So the four Shih Tzus are Carmela, Luciano. Um, I can't even remember all of them. <laughs> Carmela, Luciana, uh, Nico, and Romeo. Okay. They're, they're all Italian, all Italian and then, names. And yeah. then Rocco. Okay. So Rocco um, is half St. Bernard, half Poodle. And you can imagine that creation. Oh, my God. Um so and the dad it's is the po- the dad is the poodle. Okay, so here's the thing. He oh, is okay. he is giant. He's seven months old there. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh my god. So what's the expected wow. size increase? Well, that <laughs> has been one of the issues I've had with my wife. So my wife isn't exactly what you call a truth teller. <laughs> um, or from what I could tell. So we started out. Uh, she wanted to get a big dog to guard the house. Yeah. Um, um, that dog is the house. Yeah, he's yeah he's about the house, but he's also the cowardly lion. Oh you boy, know, oh, yeah. oh, put him he just runs away. <laughs> um, so he's oh he's God. seven months old. He was supposed to be, according to the breeder, about a hundred and five pounds. At seven months old, he's a hundred and eleven. Oh man, they grow to be they grow for until about two years old. Oh no! So we've been told by the vet, which he, my wife has taken him to the vet multiple times, and she she said, "How how big is he going to be?" And she's like, "Well," the the vet was like, "He's uh, he's tracking pretty big." And she's like, "How big?" <laughs> and I was like, and then I was like, "How big?" <laughs> and then she would be the vet said, "Well, you got to come back a couple times." And then so the chart, the chart, chart and. And I said, well, how big, hon? She said, 165. Oh, my 165. God. 165. Yeah. So um, he's... He's huge. 
We, I love he's him. A, he's yeah, he's awesome. Listen, I had a great Dane growing up, and it was a, she was a champion. You know, my family is the first dog I, I can remember as a kid. Uh, on her hind legs, she was six three. I mean, she six, was three. six three. She was a huge champion, Great Dane. And uh, when she would run in the backyard you, in the house, you would hear what sounded like horses. You know, and I mean, yes. <laughs> and and, uh, and so uh, it was that kind of thing. But they are awesome. You know, when I, I find big dogs to be so sweet. Well, he's cuddly and he's around the little dogs all yeah. the time. So they climb up on the couch. He was never supposed to get on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> now he looks l- like a blanket and a pillow on the couch. The best, my, yeah. my wife would not say the best part, but I'm going to say the best part is when he sits on one of the little dogs. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, sometimes great. you can't find Carmella. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you look under Rocco. Oh, there she is. And do the little dogs like Rocco? Uh, yeah. Romeo looks like a miniature version. Romeo is a is a Shih Tzu, and he's got some similar colorization. Okay. Um, if that's the right word. Uh, but uh, it's so funny when Rocco came home. He was only twice the size of the Shih Tzus. They were like six, seven, eight pounds. Right. There. But Rocco would lay down, and he looks like a bearskin rug. You know, he just he would. And now, then Romeo started emulating everything, mimicking everything he did. No, there's the Shih Tzus right there. They look like Ewoks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I have um, a Bernadoodle, and he's about eighty pounds, and I I love him, and and he just loves people. And so when I see that dog, I'm like, I'm I'm like a little bit jealous because the only thing I would like uh, Reggie to be is just a little bit bigger. I would love it if yeah, he was 100 pounds. Yeah, you think you think at first, and then you realize. Uh, see, here's the thing: 100 was probably pretty good. He's great. I, I don't. I don't want to say anything negative about him because you you you, you come to love them. It's like your children. Sure. Uh, Can I you, guess something negative? Make you, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, knowing from growing up, like I had to go out every day with a shovel uh, because there were. Yeah. There were, uh, I guess, John Madden-sized bowel movements in the in the. Uh, yeah, there in, you go, boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that dog, that Great Dane, crapped like nobody's business. Yeah, and I have three other humans in my house <laughs> who refuse that they believe they're above that. Oh uh, yeah. So I'm the crack, crack, crack. I'm the, <laughs> must be on crack. I'm the crap picker upper. And it's a it's an occupation unto itself. Yeah, there's quite a bit because the little dogs they just spit out marbles. Yeah, you know, it's just it, it's yeah. not hard. You can just kick it, you know. It dries up pretty quick, <laughs> kick into the grass, and yeah. the, the grass grows a little better in one spot. Right, right. These things, these are legitimate landmines, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can't, the smell is just horrific. Yeah. But I'm the only one who really does it, and, uh. like, everybody else thinks they're taking care of the dogs. Like, no, 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 this is the element right. of taking care of the dog that stinks. You know, yeah. all the hugs and all that. And it's funny because he's he's getting trained and he's doing a pretty good job, but he comes up and he just gives you a full-on hug. But if, if you look at him, I say this to people because I think he looks like a man in a gorilla costume <laughs> wearing a dog suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks yeah like that's three faces. When you look into his eyes, you're like, there's a human under two masks. <laughs> he doesn't even know that he's, you know, he thinks he's a, he thinks he's a person. That's right? accurate, yeah. Uh, speaking of Madden, uh, and uh, you know, I hate to go to this topic because I know you've you've done it a million times, but there, there's a documentary coming out about right. him. That, and, no, that, which actually makes it relevant, which makes me want to talk about. Yeah. it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and because uh, he really is a fascinating individual for what he's done for the sport and for video games and everything that's gone along with it. So, uh, a, are you part of the documentary? And um, b, uh, have you ever had a chance to spend any time with him? 
Okay, A, not that I know of. Okay. Uh, it may have been a thing where they didn't want me as part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madden didn't like me for many, many years. You said he had issues. Yeah, he I, just, I mean, nobody had ever done that kind yeah, of stuff. Right. I mean, there was a little bit of Billy Crystal doing Howard Cosell and yeah. that kind of stuff back in the day. But it's a weird thing with sports people where they get put on pedestals. So they're just so used to being loved and put up on that pedestal and, and if you're inside the group, if you're a former player or a player, it's okay to make fun of people and mess around with people. But if you're not, you're an outsider, and you're a five foot six comedian yeah. making fun of the six foot two, <laughs> you know, yeah. bigger than life entity, it's kind of weird. And it didn't help that the first times I ever did the man impression on TV, it was Jimmy Kimmel brought me on and took a pair of hedge clippers to the eyebrows I was wearing. <laughs> right, and there was a, that's a, a, actually a funny story. When Jimmy Kimmel first did it, he and his producer, Jim Brusca, were fighting over the guy to do the John Madden impression in the, in, in the first segment. I was both the guys. They're like, no, I got this guy. No, I got oh, this guy. That's hilarious. And I turned out to be like, who's oh, your guy? It's wow. for this Frank Calamari guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that, I was both Frank Calamari. So, um, so Madden, Madden, like the legend has it that Madden's sitting in a, you know, in a in a trailer. He's like, what, what, what is this? And they they try try to get him not to watch the segments. Right. <laughs> um, so finally, it, it turned out he didn't like me for years, and it finally because I, I I like these people I do impressions of. I always think an impression is something you find that you like about the person, even if you don't like the person. Right. You find the thing that you find interesting about them. That you make fun of. like so. It, I talk about this with politicians. Too. Yeah, politicians are going to give you uh, 40, 60, 50, 50, one way or the other. And yeah, but I find the thing about them, and I don't make it about politics. You make it about. So I them. take it like with a Trump. I just find about. I go over. I make him over. He's already P.T. Barnum yeah, in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. I go the next beat. We're going to make the universe great again, and then we're going to make the multiverse great again. <laughs> you know, that's it's go with silly as right, opposed right. to trying to make a you know a big point with that. Right. Uh, politically. So, uh, I lost with Madden, you, so, you, so Madden, you, it was just being goofy and big and over the top. I finally met it was a Four Seasons Hotel in Dallas. Um, not important story. Just want you to know the type yeah. of place I stay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That's sweet, right? In the Four yeah, Seasons? Yeah. 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 The four Seasons of Dallas. Yeah. It's a Super Bowl. He's just standing there talking to these kids. There you are in the presidential suite. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even, bro, how come I didn't get the room I wanted? Guys? <laughs> Is Caddy Adondo in there? <laughs> Sorry, Calamari. So, uh, Jerry Joe's like, I can't get my room. I can't get it because Caliendo's here. Is that how you say it? I didn't even no, I mean, just bothering the crap out of me. <laughs> um, so uh, he's standing there, Jimmy Johnson, football coach, not the race car driver, standing next to him. Like Jimmy, can you believe I'm this close to John Madden? He's like, what? You haven't met him? He taps Madden on the shoulder. Man's like, what is it, Jim? Oh. Uh, and the look on his face is like oh, when Shaggy and Scooby see the bad guy pop out of the barrel. Like, right. so like, hey, Scoob, like, rut row. <laughs> Who's going to clean this up? It's probably going to be Steve. No. <laughs> uh, so I, I made his grandkids laugh. And then he he got into it. He kind of liked it because when people don't see you, when they don't know you, they think you're doing it. I mean, 
Listen, if you watch, and this is why I like to find the thing. Like, Tony Danza was one of the first people. Like, Tony Danza, I said, Angelo Shabita, Mona. And then when somebody from the old neighborhood, from, from like, like yeah. the old Italian neighborhood, Mrs. Rosini. <laughs> like, it suddenly becomes super Italian out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that. It was yeah. silly, but it was yeah. like, hey, that's the style. So you find those things and you grasp, you know. You grasp onto them. So, so would you, you wouldn't say you're buddies now, but he's, he's no, now. No, I, I don't think I've seen him since then. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was, uh, but his, it, there was one point that his grandkids or his his kids were trying to get me to do his birthday party, and then that didn't happen. Mm. Like, there were things that he just didn't like about, you know. Well, besides besides uh, th- that, and I, I want to ask about this story because I saw it written in some, uh, an article about it. I forget where exactly I saw it. Probably GQ. GQ. <laughs> <laughs> or QG. Some of them. Did some, Lou Ferrigno walk out of of a show oh, yeah, of yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lou Ferrigno came to see me in Vegas. And so, then I never call people out when they're there, but right. I thought it was cool that the Hulk was there. Right. Uh, 70s TV, uh, Lou Ferrigno. Because we were just Hulk. we were just talking about, we've had Ferrigno win. He was, he was he was good, but there is a story about him that he's, or just in general, that he can be yeah. mercurial. Well, I don't know, because they said he was just tired. But okay. he's also almost deaf or close to deaf right. yes. going to see an impressionist. Right. <laughs> Guy who does most the impressions. And I, he knew who I was, I guess. But I said, Lou Ferrigno's here and the publicist is like, no, the publicist was still there, oh. I guess. But he wasn't there. And I'm like, he left? I didn't even hear the music with him turning back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! You know, so I, that's a great. I, but line. it was just so crazy. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> just walking there, turning slowly, slight slow motion by a creek. Yeah, um, it was always Bill Big, Bill Bixby in a ripped up shirt, uh, and like you know. And maybe you know the answer to this. Yeah. Why was he David Banner on that show? Believe it or not, Don't they know. thought. And this is what I've heard a number of times. They thought Bruce was kind of uh, effeminate. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. And that was it. Yeah, that's what I heard. If anyone knows a more or can can prove another story, that I'd sounds like seventies like yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's David Banner. Yeah, yeah. But Doctor uh, David Banner, right. physician. <laughs> yeah, which was the same voice as uh, Solomon Grundy, I think, on the Super Friends. Oh wow! The, yeah, the the, the uh, guy who did Lurch, the narration. Was, it, yeah, he was, he was Lurch. <laughs> Lurch in the Adams family. Jay Cassidy. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that was Wow. wow. I think Cassie. so. Check it. I, I, get, I get a lot of stuff wrong. I also thought <laughs> my dog was going to be 105 pounds. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, and I made, and I, I, I remember making this note watching over the, uh, the, uh, the, the break, the Thanksgiving break. You know, now, now the, the Godfather movies are part of the Thanksgiving tradition now on, on A&E. And when I watch, you know, young, young Al Pacino, Preston's favorite actor of all time, Al Pacino, with that with his very clean and and very whispery, very... It's that high, that right, thing way up here. Right, and what occurred to get him to this gravelly, gravelly Pacino that we have well, now? Well, he was son of a woman, right? That's where he yes. came to a southern, a southern gentleman. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but then I start to draw the words out. <laughs> Make it happen. But where that? Where's that? Pollock calls him Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah, he, he just goes. I say, son. I say, that's a chicken hawk, son. <laughs> Which is a different version than my Pacino came from this one. Right. <laughs> Chew the gum. Yes. <laughs> Start looking around. Try to understand where you're coming from. My Pacino. My Pacino is all about curiosity. In acting, it, they teach you to be uh, very curious. curious. Yeah. 
Um, because when you know the lines, you have to reenact not knowing what's coming. So you have to be curious, and and that's what drives it through. Pacino does that to the next level, where you could uh, turn a light on him and be like, wait a second. <laughs> Hold the phones here. You mean you flip a switch over there, and a light goes on over there? This is sorcery! <laughs> but him, like Godfather 2, and we'll, we'll joke about the line Steve, where... Steve does, yeah. a, he does this, uh, the version, his version of, of Michael Corleone from Godfather 2 that just cracks me up. Yeah, and it's just his... When my children play with their toys. Yeah, and, you know, and... and, 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 and yeah, right before he's about to explode. Where are my children? Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's like that. And he's, you know, it's a true, true story. When he's yeah. explaining the Luca Brasi thing, you know... Right. And, uh, and it's so different. Yes. You would not ever connect those two voices. Very little middle ground. Was he gargling with turpentine at some <laughs> point? Mm-hmm. I like to chew glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to do. Yeah. Full of whiskey. <laughs> Gets you in a couple different ways. As it goes down, you start to feel it in your sternum, your esophagus. <laughs> and you feel, and now you talk. <laughs> I'm not sure the words I can say. <laughs> But you're talking from your balls. I was yeah, that's where I, the nether region. <laughs> that's why I am Mephisto. Tied it back into the superheroes. Uh, you were right about Ted Cassidy. Uh, yes, yes, he was the narrator on the Incredible Hulk. Ted yeah. Cassidy was also the original. I think I'm right on this. I'm, I'm right with you on, on. I believe I'm right. When Bigfoot first appeared on the Six Million Dollar Man, that was Ted Cassidy, and oh, then really? it was Andre the Giant. Mm. I believe that's how. Oh, it really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Six million dollar man, uh, Bigfoot, and he was in two episodes. He was also in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Do you remember the scene where Paul Newman gets into uh, starts a knife fight with one of his the members of the Hole in the Wall gang, and he kicks him in the nuts? That's Ted no. Cassidy. Really? Hang on a second. I think I saw. We're, we're going through his entire career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no, I thought it said the Great Escape. It was the Great Lester Boggs. So. <laughs> Not, as yeah. Not as great. Not as great. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing <clears throat> when you see the things that people used to do or yeah. were involved in. They're, they're smaller, you know, like Ted Knight's in Psycho, right? You yes, really. He's, he's one what? of the cops. Yeah, he opens up the he opens up the door he, as. Uh, Anthony door? Perkins is sitting in there, and he's. Yeah. I see that fly. I'm not even going to oh, kill that wow. fly. Yeah, yeah. you're just because you, you expect Ted Knight. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> here he comes! Ooh, Billy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> yeah, those those types of things. Our boss, some uh, some uh, Bill, sometimes has affectations that are like Ted Knight. And yeah. So you when, heard him when he came in here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, what are we doing here? Steve, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at what's going on here. We have a guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easy to grin when the guest comes in. Parting your way, wearing a mask all day. (laughs) You have a smile like a crocodile. Mm? 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 The crocodile didn't fit, but who cares? Play crocodile rock, work it in. You know, he. I think he won like like five silver stars in in in. Yeah. Check his military right. career. Well, also, when you're doing that, yeah. also bring it back. He was the original voice of the Super Friends. He was the, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, <laughs> Wendy and Marvin <laughs> and the Wonder Dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those were so bad and so wonderful at the same time. Yeah, check, check, check. Steve, you nailed it. He was in the 296th Combat Engineer Battalion in World War II, and he earned five battle stars. While battle serving uh, in wow. the European theater. Yeah, that people would have stopped at four. 
four. <laughs> and I went to five. Five battle stars. I should have been in Get Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Look out for the Cylons. <laughs> that guy's going to someday play face in the A-team. <laughs> oh, you want another piece of insignificant trivia? James Doohan, who played Scotty, lost a finger during the Normandy invasion. Really? Yes. He was a, a, a Canadian soldier. Nick, have you checked that yep, one as well? I'm on it. Uh, and I, it, all these all these crazy stories, missing fingers, and uh, and uh, military awards. <sighs> wow, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Did but, you, uh, was I it John, Ted Knight. John Denver was a sniper? <laughs> no, Mister <laughs> uh, Mister Rogers, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers yeah. was a sniper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, uh, yeah. several kills. John Denver was a uh, yes. helicopter. Pilot. I like Mister Ro- <laughs> Hello Sniper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted to ask you. Bob Ross gutted a man with a <laughs> yeah with a paperclip. That's what? it. Yeah. yeah, he was like John Wick. He killed three men with a pencil. Mm-hmm. James Doohan got shot in the chest, what? and there, there was it was stopped by a silver cigarette case uh, given to him by his brother. Well, Which is a, a, a reason to go back to smoking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were actually legitimate reasons. That's wow. why I wanted to ask you as well, while we have you here, because um, uh, you talk about being surrounded by talented people. And I know, uh, um, you know, when you were on Mad TV, you had, and I was going through the people who were with you on that, you had Alex Borstein, who's yeah. Mo Collins, Michael McDonald, not the Michael McDonald that you think, the uh, another guy you've seen in all those places, great. Ari Spears is, uh, you know, friend Fantastic. of the show as well, and and we, you know, yeah, and, and he's Aries. a big comic book nerd as I didn't well. Even know that yeah. tremendous. I was used to do Aries for Aries. I go, yo, this is Aries Spears. How you doing, Frank? That's <laughs> <laughs> how you like. How, and he changed his phone number every week. Do it? Oh yeah. And Will Sasso. Oh, Will. Another, another. Yeah, Keegan Michael Key and yes. uh, and, uh, and and Jordan Peele too. I mean, it's crazy the amount of people. There was a weird thing for a while where Mad TV. It was always crap on. Stuff, yeah, and and they didn't. They thought of you as sketch actors. Okay. And you were labeled only sketch actor, and you couldn't do other stuff. Really? And uh, yeah, Nicole Sullivan. There's a lot of amazing people that, that Bobby were, Lee in there too. Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee. Yeah. I mean, um, and it, but there there seemed to be this. This um, SNL or nothing. Uh, there was a horrible show called Fridays, yeah, you know, right. for a while uh, that they tried Michael to make. Richards was Michael Richards was on. Michael Richards, Andy yeah. Kaufman, Larry David, right? Larry David, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but when when uh, Mad TV was on, they they. It, I well, remember... here's the thing that happened with Mad TV. Mad TV was never promoted because primetime was always in such trouble for Fox. Okay, and then Mad TV was not owned by the network. Saturday Night Live one was live, and they could all, they can always do something up to the moment, right? Um, and two, it's owned by Broadway Video and the network, right? It's the network's thing. I got so they're yeah. making direct money on it, whereas opposed to. Uh, Mad TV being syndicated. almost like syndicated, right. not exactly syndicated, but a very similar to that, where th- that they had full on ownership. I never of thought it. of that. Yeah. yeah, so it would be, you know, it would be hard to if if your main things at the time. This is before Fox was only really getting cartoons to work at mm-hmm. the yeah. time. Yeah, and uh, so it, it they were always struggling in that in that area. So why would you promote late night that you don't own? When it's not as lucrative of a time. It's no, just a right. business thing. It wasn't really a dislike of the show. I think they liked the show and they liked that it, they could keep the the time zone there because they didn't want to get rid of it and release it back to the uh, affiliates. The, the local affiliates, yeah. But, 
you know, at the same time, it was like, well, we don't get much out of this, and that's the way they look at things. And huh. that's just how business works. But there's a solid collection of stuff. Oh, I know you're people. proud of a lot of the work from that time. I mean, Not was... really. <laughs> I'm proud of a lot of other people's stuff. I, I was one of those people that, like, I tried to do different stuff, and they'd always say, how about another John Madden sketch? I'm uh. like, really? Another one? Didn't we just do him building a birdhouse? Yeah, but now he's trapped in the birdhouse. <laughs> like, but that's the same kind of thing. Let's do something different. So, um, you had Frank TV, which was a bit of a... Right, uh, that was fun. It was hard because it was, you know, that was, that's a funny thing. Melissa Villasenor, I, I got her on TV and she was the first per that was the first time, time she'd ever been on TV. And then years later, she was on America's Got Talent and that was, ne- that's now listed as the first show she's oh, really? on TV. Oh, really? But that's, again, network. They, yeah. That, now they have that thing. But we had, we had some great guests on there, some people. Um, and now if I knew some of the people I know now, I would have done. I was always trying to get more people on that show. I was like, we need more people right, to make right. this more fun because you were in every Everything. stinking thing. I was shooting thing. like way too much. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. It was just and no budget for it, and and grand ideas. And really great writers, but then it was funny because by the time it was edited down, you go, oh, they took the timing out of all this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I go back and I go, ah, man, I would if I could have had my hands on this more at the time. It was also a prime time sketch show, which doesn't work. It's got you know you got to be a late night kind of thing so you can right. be a little goofier and edgier. Um, and do a stuff, and you go off on tangents. You, you know, when you're a prime time sketch show, you got to hit the masses a little bit more. Did you see the documentary about the Dana Carvey uh, show? Uh, I haven't with oh, Robert so Smigel. It, it is, it is, it speaks to exactly what you're talking about. Right. Where every the show like, like that couldn't fail. It had so much talent behind it, yeah. and it actually was a great show. But for all sort of reasons that you're mentioning. The luck of the draw, that you know, the, how the winds are blowing, and it ended up and it's, it's going hard. away. And now it's hard, I think, because you, I mean, the the great thing about the internet and doing this stuff like I do on the TikTok or even yeah. Instagram and stuff like that is you put stuff out there and the audience kind of finds you. Mm-hmm. When you have to play stuff to TV, you have to play broader. That's the way you know comedy clubs and theaters work too. It used to be that you go out there and play to a broad audience, and that's how you brought people in. Now. The more specific you can be, the more people you can find that love what you're doing. That's a good point. And then it grows, and it's shared by people who love the same kinds of things. Like, right. I could do a Mike Ermintrout from Better Call Saul. Okay, all right, everything's going to be fine. Right. But, the, you know, people who love that show are like, oh, that's great. But everybody else is like, who is that? <laughs> right. You know, that's the that's the kind of thing. And that's, that's why presidents... Uh, people are like, why do you do like the president stuff at the beginning? Uh, because I know you for sports. I go because yeah. everybody knows it's, right. it's not about the politics of it. Right, right. But I try to balance the stuff out. If I, I, I've started working on the Biden too. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, Trump would get everybody on board by. Well, this is this yeah. was Obama. Let me be clear. He'd yeah. say that, and then <laughs> right, he'd do yeah. kind of like a Jedi mind trick. Uh, Trump would do, and everybody knows it. That's how he would get it, like get people on board. And then Joe Biden, which his voice is only about 75, 60% of the way there, he does the whisper follow-up. It's a this, right. this or that kind of thing. I'd be talking about, like, uh, vaccines or the, you know, it's, he'd be like, it's not politics, it's science. Yeah. It's, it's, science. Yeah, it's the whisper. It's the this or that. Yeah. It's not pay them more money. Yeah. Who's he right. talking to? Like, right. that's like, it's like, but well, he, he does, he does the, come, come on, man. Yeah, come on, And man. then he does, not a joke. Not a, joke. And, Not a joke. And you know the deal. You know the deal. I yeah. don't, and I don't have to tell you. No, tell me. It's, it's got a little Pacino, but he does that, that whisper follow-up where he's like, it's not politics, it's science. It's not the heat, it's the humidity. It's the humidity. It's not delivery. It's the journey. 
the thing. I don't have to tell you. No, tell me, please. Yeah. Tell us. Tell me. Uh, but again, it's just the silliness and stuff. But everybody knows those voices. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard. You go into, uh, you know, here's another thing. This is one you guys will get, but uh, back in the superhero thing, Chris Hemsworth is going to play Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. yeah. in that biopic. Yeah. And all the first thing you start thinking, let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. the train. Wait a second. No, that's not it. You know, how yeah. is he audition? Let me tell you something, brother, brother. No? Loki? No, Loki's Roddy Roddy Piper. Brother, here we are. <laughs> but that audition process, he probably didn't have to audition, but he's like, let me tell you something, brother. On a train, Santa Fe's in my fight. Yeah, Hulkamaniacs, man. Got it. It's like, where's my, where's my old now? Where's he? That, that's sweet. Look at that. Oh, handsome. Oh wow, we're looking at side by side pictures of uh, of Hulk and uh, Hemsworth as him. That's yeah. pretty good. That's like yeah. if Hulk Hogan were on the cover of GQ. Yeah, that's a... we we had Chris Hemsworth on when the first Avengers um, movie was coming. I think, um, and he was talking about we, we were talking about how how Jack did got impressed, and he goes, "Have you seen Chris Hemsworth?" No, it's Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chris, did you say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and I was like, I, I asked him something like, "I mean, you know, you, you got to feel like a badass, uh, you know, yeah. being, uh, you know, wearing that outfit." And, and as jacked as you are, he's like, have you seen Chris Hemsworth? Have you actually seen him? Right. Yeah, he's just yeah. a monster. I mean, it's amazing how how in shape a lot oh of these, the, the superhero people. If you can get paid to do that, to yes. do that transformation, you know, and, and then as they talk, as... Every one of them will say the same thing. Uh, you know, we're friends with Rob McElhaney who did the, the, the transformation, you know, for It's Always Sunny. And he he got down, you know, super cut up, but you're you're eating like four almonds a day. Yeah, and, the and Russell I, Wilson diet. Right. It's like yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I just write. I just want to get the regular person. <laughs> but you're, you know what? You're good enough. You're yeah. good enough. You're that's good where enough. you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the shape yeah. you're in. That sounds like a segue to a break. It <laughs> is. We actually got a wrap, uh, Frank. So uh, listen, you're going to be at the Hard Rock and Casino in AC on Friday, and then the Wind Creek Event Center in Bethlehem on Saturday. Tickets are available at frankcaliendo.com. These are two big uh, chances. You haven't seen. Yeah. Haven't been around for, uh, for a bit. It's, yeah. Uh, I think if you're looking for something to do, this is a no-brainer. So, perfect. Uh, but uh, there's one thing you can say about me. I'm a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my new slogan. No-brainer. He's a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah, you're good enough. Good enough. He's a good enough no-brainer. Uh, it is so awesome to see you in no, person. Thanks. Thanks Thank for you for, for taking the trip uh, to, to be here this morning. Absolutely. We Thank appreciate you. it. And uh, I know people are going to want to see you live as well. So yes. I'm sure you'll pack them in. But thanks for being here, man. Yeah. Frank Caliendo, guys. Yeah. Take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Bizarre Files next. 93.3 WMMR. Celebrating 40 years of Pierre on the air. Always comfortable in studio. Pierre also rose to every occasion that gave him a chance to get out onto the streets to see firsthand some of the goings-on in Philly and beyond. Well, it's a beautiful day in Philadelphia in front of the Art Museum steps. We've arrived at this park along the banks of the Schuylkill River. We are at this moment floating down the Delaware River. At the corner of Market and 15th adjoining City Hall. We are up here near Temple University. We are now turning on to 676 westbound as we stroll down Lyceum Street, right off of Main Street, on Maniac Street, on Peachin Street, here in the heart of Manhattan. Here we are at the Ocean Drive in Seattle City. I now stand on the National Mall. We have arrived up in Toronto on the legendary Las Vegas Strip. Okay, we've begun our descent into Paris. We are rolling down the streets of Breckenridge, Colorado. Live from San Francisco for the home of rock and roll. 
God bless Pierre Robert. The tightest show in radio. Congratulations from all of us at MMR. All right, gather around the radio, friends. We're going to share some stories now. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Brought to you this morning by Primo Hoagies. You can get a Primo deal on gift cards for everyone on your list. Details available at primohoagies.com. Uh, we'll begin with this. Uh, not what one expects at the most magical place on earth, but somebody is leaving photos of penises around Walt Disney World's resort <laughs> oh, hotels. No. One such photo was found at Disney's Art of Animation Resort back in August. An employee found it under a napkin holder. And a similar photo was also left on Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. I've been to that one before. Uh-huh. I didn't see nary one penis No D-pick. No. Huh. Which, which uh, Disney character do you think is most likely to be the culprit? That's a good question. Goofy. Goofy, yeah. right? Look, you know, uh, look at that. Look at that. That's my D. Uh, sheriff's <laughs> report about the incidents did not mention if there were any suspects or not, but they are trying to <laughs> track them down. We'll see. Uh, this is pretty wild. Maybe you guys caught this story a couple of days ago, but a sketch purchased for $30 at a house clearance sale in Massachusetts is believed to be a rare artwork worth as much as $50 million. (sighs) Experts identify the drawing of a mother and child as an original by German Renaissance artist Albrecht Dürer. Uh, An unnamed man purchased the sketch in Concord, Massachusetts. The drawing had belonged to the late architect Jean-Paul Carlehane, whose children mistakenly believed that it was a 20th century reproduction of a Durer. Uh-huh. The buyer casually stored the unframed drawing for two years until Clifford Shorer, a senior partner at the London art dealer Agnews, had heard about the sketch's existence and asked to view it. Uh, Shore said, it was an incredible moment when I saw the Durer. It was either the greatest forgery I had ever seen or a masterpiece. So this wasn't a, like a curbside, uh, you know, uh, Craigslist sort of auction. This was a little bit more high level, correct? Uh, yes. So the family had uh, apparently found this and they wanted to sell it, but they just thought it was a... Um, a knockoff. Uh, uh, well, not a knockoff, but a... Um, what was the word? It was a... Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that that'd be a better way to, to like a lithograph. To yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, let me see where we're back. Yeah, they they thought it was a um, replica. A replica. So where the hell yeah. is that part in here? The buyer. Da, 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 da. Screw it. I'm hey, moving uh, on. Here, I can't find the, that part. Uh, first page, and I'll. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> uh, sure believes that it could fetch a record price for a reproduction work by an old master. Thank reproduction, you. Reproduction. Yes. Okay. After an authentication process that lasted two years, leading experts have confirmed that drawing is a previously unknown Durer. Scholars pointed out that the AD monogram inscribed on the artwork was one of the most famous signatures in art history. Wow. Uh, History. Did I say history? You You said said art history. history. Whatever. It's good. I want to quit. <laughs> Please don't. I need you. You just had the most wonderfully sexually charged night of your life with Ellen Mirren. You should be on a mega high. Seriously. I'm distracted by it. Yeah. Uh, it had been written with the same ink that was used in the drawing. So they did testing on it to find that it was indeed the actual ink. And Second- estimated worth $50 million? $50 million, yes. God. Secondly, the drawing had been made on paper watermarked with a trident which was used by Durr in over 200 known works. 
Uh, the drawing, which has been titled The Virgin and Child with a Flower on Grassy Bench. Who painted this? Durr. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> From 1503, by the way. Uh, is believed wow. to be a preliminary sketch for his later watercolor, The Virgin Among a Multitude of Animals. Wow. So $50 million. They paid 30 bucks for it. God and possibly going to get $50 million. So wow. in, a, in a case like that, is there any legal standing... I don't know it, with, that the family may the have people that accidentally sold it. My guess is no. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe to be a nice guy, you chuck them a million dollars or something Give like that. Give them even fifty bucks. Here's fifty bucks. <laughs> Tw- you made twenty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a New Jersey woman shared video of a bear abiding by her polite request and closing the front door of her home. I watch this footage, and it's very sweet, but it's also insanely dangerous. Uh, Susan Kehoe of Vernon, New Jersey, posted a video on YouTube showing her opening a front door to reveal a bear on the stoop. And she says to the Bruin, Mr. Bear, will you please close my door? Kehoe asked the bear... Sure, after I eat your ass out. A few more oh times to close the door, and the animal grabs the knob in yeah. its mouth and closes the door part of the way. Keo continues to make the request until the bear completely closes the door. Wow. It's insane. And, like, it's adorable, but that bear could have killed her. Uh, the bear learned how to close the front door to my house, she wrote in the video description. So she's lucky to walk away yeah. uh, with her life. Uh, sometimes it's not a human intruder at all. The Barnstead Police Department in New Hampshire was investigating a potential burglary at Barnstead Elementary School on Sunday after a citizen had reported seeing the glass door, uh, front door shattered. Police wrote about the incident on Facebook, noting that they had found a 10-point buck inside the school lobby. Uh-huh. Police and firefighters attempted to catch the deer, but say it crashed through another window and escaped on its own. The buck left behind part of an antler, part of a rantler, inside of the school, by the way. Rantlers! I saw a, I a pretty... something here. <laughs> I saw an impressive uh, six-pointer this morning. Did you? Where was it? Crossing Belmont. Are you no, kidding? Uh, six-pointer. Kind of down by uh, Cemetery? where Walgreens is. Wow. Uh. And, I mean, like, I had to stop, and we made eye contact. Hey, it was Preston. pretty wild. He was right Preston? there. Preston? Morning. Preston. I listen to you. You work here? <laughs> Holy hell, I thought you Harleysville. Uh. Uh, so it was kind of a cool little moment on the way into work this morning. Say hi uh, to Kathy. All right, and <laughs> I did see a whole family a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Really? <laughs> wow. All right, and then uh, one last story. Police are searching for a passenger they say ran from the Atlanta airport after a gun inside his bag discharged at the security checkpoint. Uh, Jackson International Airport said that there was no active shooter, but a weapon accidentally discharged around one thirty at the screening area. Do you have a gun? Yeah, here it is. Oh. Uh, the gunshot... Turned into chaos as other passengers ran for coverage. Of course, yeah. Uh, the TSA said an agent began a bag search due to a prohibited item being identified by an X-ray. The agent told the passenger not to touch the bag, but when the agent opened it, the passenger lunged into the bag. Oh boy! And that's when the gun accidentally discharged. Passenger then ran from the area and out of the airport exit. Uh, police identified him as a 42-year-old Kenny Wells. And issued warrants for his arrest. Where'd you get that gun, Kenny? <laughs> Where'd you get that gun, Kenny? <laughs> All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file at this point in time. All right, we're running out of time on this tattoo today. Make sure you text the word tattoo to 39333. You can win yourself a Preston and Steve themed tattoo from our friends at Floating World Tattoo and Piercing, 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. Check them out at floatingworldtattoos.com. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate Steven Singer.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. You missed it earlier this morning. We got some new figures in that are definitely worth mentioning, and that was from our friends at Acme Markets. Um, so the monetary donations for Camp Opera Hunger continued until the day before Thanksgiving, and the final tally of money that you donated at Acme Markets is $1,454,710. Just amazing. And that added to our final monetary donation with everything added in. For Camp Out for Hunger this year was $1,802,000 to to help feed people in this area. Oh, my God, another banner year. $1.8 million, and you put that on over 2.3 million tons, I'm sorry, pounds of food. I mean, again, another situation where you figured, how are they, you know... How are we going to get to that point? How how are we going to top the the miracle that was last year? And look, look what people just step up. They're amazing. Yep, it's pretty incredible. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So after when we get to music news, we have a concert announcement. But right now we're going to do today's lesson question, and we are going to give away a four packets uh, four packet tickets to see. Philadelphia Wings face off against Panther City to open the season on Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center. And the question we're going to go with this morning is. What kind of classes does Steve teach after work? Yes. 215-263-WMMR. We found out this this morning. Had I no idea. Yeah. What kind of classes does Steve teach after work? 215-263-WMMR. Let's even know the answer. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right. Let's get some... Stories this morning, Steve. What's going on? I got him. John Goslin had to be rushed to an urgent care facility after being bitten by a brown recluse spider. Wow. Goslin says he always thought the brown recluse was harmless, especially after watching one bite his ex-wife and drop dead. So there you go. Hey. Gary Ullman says when uh, they were filming Bram Stoker's Dracula, he went to extreme lengths, revealing that he slept in a coffin. Ullman says he got the idea from the views Joy Behar, who's been sleeping in a coffin for 30 years. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally, Hilaria Baldwin expressing her gratitude to her social media followers, saying 2021 has been an especially difficult year for her. Hilaria wrote, quote, there is an old Spanish saying about friends, which I don't know because I'm from Boston. <laughs> That's right. Hollywood trash. Let's go to the phone, see if we can get an answer. What kind of classes does Steve teach after work? 215-263-WMMR. And we will go to Andy, another Andy. We had an Andy yesterday. Andy, good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, what kind of classes does Steve teach after work? Bossa Nova. Yes. Bossa Nova classes, and Andy, since you got that right, we're going to play a little Bossa Nova for you, and we're going to give you a four-pack of tickets to see the Philadelphia Wings face off against Panther City 
to open the season Saturday at Wells Fargo Center. You can experience nonstop action of fun for the whole family. First 4,000 fans get a Wings home opener t-shirt. And you get tickets at wingslax.com. This is great music. All right, before we get into our concert announcement and music news, Nick, what were you laughing so hard at right before that started? Or do we even want to know? You want to know. Okay. I was. Uh, <laughs> I just want to take a seat, Preston, and I got my little chair here. Oh. Oh, and I didn't do it again. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and somehow, <laughs> Casey found a way to rig it so that it slowly descends. I took you video. Did that? I took yeah. video. Okay. You did. How'd okay. you do this? All right, okay. so stand up. Because okay. it'll go back up. Yeah. So, so there's a handle that will allow you to lower the seat, yeah. and oh. I assume he taped it, right? He tied it. I tied it with a bandana. Well, that's, that took work. Yeah. <laughs> that's not impressed. So it, it just sinks down slowly. <laughs> I was just so glad. Cool. I was. I didn't know how it was going to react, and I was just so I'm grateful impressed. that it didn't like slam down, slam down, yeah. and have you fall. <laughs> you got to be careful. All I heard was, was everybody in on this but me. Uh, just, you had your headphones on. I, I think. saw Casey yeah. come over here and tie it, and I go, "Are you trying to kill him?" And he goes, "No," but his his chair will sink when he sits in it. Where do we get the idea? I just. I don't. I, even I don't even know. It came um, out of, no, it it came out of nowhere. I saw the bandana sitting there. Okay. <laughs> and Nick wasn't there. I was like, I wonder if I could. I mean, it was like uh, lightning fast how the synapses right, were firing. Right. Okay. What's yeah. the scene in the movie where the, is it? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's Mike Myers where he's like sitting in a seat and is adjusting and going up and down. Uh, is it Austin forth. Powers? It, it might yeah, be Austin yeah, yeah. Powers and he can't get it to sit properly. Right. Yeah. There's a second one where his, his Dr. Evil, Evil chair yeah, yeah. is yes. just uh, it's That's what I'm thinking own brain. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. So all right. let's do music news. Here we go. Preston and Steve's music news on ninety three three WMMR. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we are going to lead with a concert announcement. Woo! Stack them up, case. Here we go. Uh, this is a big one, ladies and gentlemen. So big. That it's going to be at Lincoln Financial Field. This show will be taking place Sunday, July 24th. The tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. Via Ticketmaster, MMR is excited to welcome to Philadelphia Foo Fighters. And they're playing the big venue, Lincoln Financial Field. Now, I'm not going to give away tickets right now, but Pierre Robert is going to have tickets all week long. And then all this weekend, more chances to win and lots of Foo Fighters music as we prepare ourselves for a show at the link in summertime. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So, again, it'll be on a Sunday, July 24th at the link. And tickets will be on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via Ticketmaster. I may have to go see this one, man. I mean, I, think of all the, the hits. Think of that volume of work that they have. Yeah, and they could fill up a stadium with that sound. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, everything that Dave does, I just think, is in the spirit of keeping rock music alive. He's such a music fan of not just the rock genre, but loads of different genres. His yeah. appreciation for music makes me appreciate him. I already like the songs as it is. But you add on that, um, I don't know, that fire, and it's just it's something extra. So uh, we have details at WMMR.com. There is a pre-sale. So you want to get that info at WMMR.com. And another chance for you to win tickets 
for MMR VIPs. But listen to Pierre all this lo- week uh, to win yourself some tickets to the show. What do you think the chances are they might throw in a Bee Gees cover? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah. 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 And who knows what supporting acts are going to be on board. Yeah. There's no yeah. information yet. I don't know. It might be Chevy Metal. You never know. Yeah. It might be, uh, uh, might be uh, Taylor. I, I have no idea. But nonetheless... Excited that it's coming to town Friday, or I'm sorry, uh, Sunday, July 24th at the Lake. So, very exciting news there. Foo Fighters, listen to Pierre for your chance to win. All right, and a few other things to mention in the realm of music news. Uh, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department Special Victims Unit reportedly executed a search warrant at Marilyn Manson's home. Oh, boy. West Hollywood, early Monday morning. Sources tell TMZ that the rocker was not home at the time, and law enforcement uh, forced entry. They used forced entry. According to the outlet, police seized uh, media storage units, including hard drives, which will be reviewed before the ongoing sexual assault investigation is submitted to the Los Angeles District Attorney. They were looking for his secret tuna casserole recipe. <laughs> is that what it was? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is Marilyn Manson's recipe for tuna casserole. I found it. I found it. Three Days Grace released a new song called So-Called Life yesterday. Uh, They also announced a new album entitled Explosions, which is due on May 6th. Uh, The band's last album was Outsider, and that came out in 2018. In addition to Explosions, uh, the the group recently announced a 2022 tour that will kick off in the spring. Incubus lead singer Brandon Boyd has released the video for his new song called Pocket Knife. Uh, the tune is featured on his upcoming solo album called Echoes and Cocoons, which is due out early next year. Uh, he wrote uh, my uh, he wrote he co-wrote Pocket Knife, and he told AntiMusic.com, "I used to have nightmares as a child. My mother finally started to tell me about what she had read in Carlos uh, Castaneda's work. Yeah, and she'd essentially." Teach me what she'd gleaned from his work around dreaming. Uh, she told me to look at my hands when I was in a bad dream. Look at o- your hands. Open them and close them and control my hands, and then that would give me some agency over the content of my dream time. Huh. And it worked That's like pretty a, trippy. It worked like a charm, and along with uh, some other techniques I picked up along the way, I rarely, if ever, have nightmares. So open and close your, uh, open them and close them. Your hands. And control my hands. And that would give you some... That's interesting. All right. Uh, He added, as an adult, I've come to understand what she showed me uh, were like little dream totems or devices... You are wise, old one. ...that can give one a modicum of control or agency in the foggy, feisty world of dream time. Uh, So I use that as the device in this song. I'm essentially becoming the bearer of the totem to a younger person or version of myself that is suffering in dream time. I offer an older totem, in this case, an antique pocket knife that worked well for me. This kind of reminds me of, um, what was the Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Oh, Inception. Um, Inception. Inception, yeah. yeah. Uh, he said, and I'm inviting them to hold this thing under their pillow as they fall asleep in hopes of keeping it as they fall into their oldest and darkest dream. What the hell are you talking about? Then potentially using it to cut a window out of the dark. And letting in it's too much work. I just want to sleep. That's pretty wild. I don't want to have to do any contracting. I love the uh, the dream stuff that uh, yes. you know where you have sex with Helen Mirren. Strong <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> start to your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judas Priest has rescheduled its 2021 50 heavy metal years North American tour dates for next spring. 
Uh, the BAM will be supported by Queensryche on the 17-city trek with the run uh, kicking off March 7th in West Valley City, Utah. They... No, can't wait. <laughs> they will be here March 29th at the Met. Uh, so that has been rescheduled. I would love to get um, those guys, any of those guys, uh, by here. Have you ever uh, seen them in concert? From Judas Priest? No, I yeah. never have. Huh. But we've talked to Rob Halford before. Great. We'd love to have him in the studio. So maybe by then we could get something like that to happen. For Beatles fans who watched uh, Peter Jackson's brilliant three-part, nearly eight-hour get-back documentary on Disney+, Plus, two improbable scene stealers are the two British police officers tasked with shutting the Beatles down. I haven't seen this part yet. But no, it, neither it doesn't really give anything away right. in this particular segment that I'm going to... I assume that's up on the roof, right? ...report, yes. Yeah. So the sight of the two very young English Bobbies trying to ascertain where the noise complaints are stemming from as the Beatles rock out on the roof in London's open air is priceless. Ray Shaler, a constable at the West End Central Police Station, accompanied the even younger officer, Ken Wharf, uh, to the Beatles' headquarters at 3 Seville Road in an effort, in the most polite of English ways possible, to ask the Beatles to please turn the music down. Shaler, who is 77 now and retired, spoke to the Daily Mirror and recalled the music being loud in the surrounding area. He said, I wouldn't say I was a fan. I didn't like the Beatles much when they went a bit Hare Krishna, but we had a few Beatles records and LPs at home, and I like their music, but when I got on the roof, I had a job to do, and I thought, well, we've got to try and stop this. He said, I asked uh, their roadie, Mal Evans, how long it was uh, going to go on for, and he said, one more record. So I said, you might as well be hung for a sheep as for a lamb. Get on with that one, and then it stops. It was a discussion, and it never got heated. Shaler went on to recall that the Beatles leaving the rooftop and walking past them, and he said, uh, George and John didn't talk to us. Uh, but there was a reason for that. They had recently been caught with cannabis or something, and we were on bail, and were on bail, and it had been in the papers. He went on to say, though, that Paul was apologetic about the concert, and Ringo joked about the whole thing, saying, "Don't put me in the put, don't put the handcuffs on me." And they went down the stairs, and we followed, and that was that. He said, as the event passed with such little incident, Ray admits, astonishingly. I didn't even put pen to paper to record it. Mm. We're impressed about whether he and his partner, w- what they would have done had the Fab Four decided to keep playing despite the police request for them to pipe down. He would have shot him. Uh, Shaler said if the police had gotten stroppy or were determined to carry on, if the Beatles, uh, then things might have been different. But that wasn't the way we worked in those days. And I always tried to resolve issues without arresting people. Uh, Sailor went on to say, actually, someone asked me how I felt being the man stopping the Beatles concert, but I wouldn't say that was true. I didn't stop the Beatles. I merely suggested that it would be a good idea if they didn't carry on. Uh, and then he joked and said, now, if it had been the Rolling Stones up there on the roof, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. So, and then I believe we have a piece of audio I'd like to play. Uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. Yes. Has been nominated for a Grammy. And uh, we have a clip of him talking about that. And he's up against Paul McCartney. Yes. In that category. Uh, he re- he's, re- he's reacting to the uh, the whole idea of that. Here we go. It, it's uh, it, it, a huge surprise and, uh, and an incredible honor. I mean, I, I can't believe uh, honor. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a category with... With Dave Grohl and and a Beatle, like that—that's just that's insane. Wow! So a uh, humbling thing for him. Yeah, absolutely. I bet you his dad would be. Oh, yeah, he'd be Giddy. unexcited. Yeah. All right, that's it. That's what I got. Music news for you this morning. You know what else I got? Ah. Two more passes. Join us for the Christmas Whoa. miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
Let's take callers 15 and 16 who are at least 21 years of age and able to join us on the 21st in the morning at Parks Casino. And you also have to know a thing or two about this show. That is, if you want to win some big prizes. So let's take those callers now, 215-263-WMMR. You can bring a guest. Your guest is not eligible to be a contestant in the game should you be chosen. Uh, but they can come along, have a good time. We always have some goodies to give away while we're there, too. So get let, let's do it. 215-263-WMMR. Don't forget the Ugly Sweater Edition. Once again, wear your ugly sweater. Might win some good stuff from our friends at Miller Lite. We're going to take a break. Be right back. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. You want to win an autographed Eagles jersey, an ultimate tailgating package, 2022 Eagle season tickets, or just good old cash? You could win when you enter Acme Swoop In and win sweepstakes. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com for your chance to be the next big winner. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The Tuesday morning broadcast coming to a close for the day and an enjoyable day. It has been. We had a couple of really cool things yeah. happen this morning. Number one, we got totals from the Acme Head Start and through the campaign of Camp Out for Hunger totals and total. Donated at Acme alone is $1,454,710. And then you add that to the other monetary donations from Camp Out for Hunger. And our total cash donation going to uh, our friends at Phil Abundance is $1,802,237. I mean, we're uh, we're on Oof. the doorstep at $2 million. Man, that's oh, man. insane. That's crazy. So thank you very much to... Uh, both Jim Perkins, the president, and yes. Dana Ward, the communications and public affairs manager of Acme Markets, for being on this morning. And we got to catch up with an old friend. Frank Caliendo was here this morning. Yes. And Frank is going to be in Atlantic City at the Hard Rock on Friday and then at the Wind Creek Event Center in Bethlehem on Saturday. And you go to frankcaliendo.com. We had a great time with him this morning. It had been a while. It was really good to see yeah. him. And then we had a concert announcement. Foo Fighters are coming to town. What? Not only are they coming to town, they're playing Lincoln Financial Field what? Sunday, July 24th. What? And Mr. Helium over there is going to have your chance to win <laughs> tickets all week long. That's right. If you listen to him. So uh, tickets, by the way, go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. There's a pre-sale and you get complete details at WMMR.com. It's for VIPs. And that's easy to sign up for. So all good stuff today. How you doing? Excellent. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so you're giving away Foo Fighter tickets. <laughs> Are we okay? Yeah. I might. His mask got caught on the microphone. caught on the <laughs> microphone. It's, oh, man. Yeah. Makes me look geeky. That's all right. <laughs> not, that I, I, not that everything else doesn't make me look geeky. My headphones got stuck on my eyeball yesterday. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. It looked like an eye patch. Ooh, I love yeah. that. These things happen in the studio. They do. Yeah. Uh, how about we get the letter of the day from Yes. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. O as in onion. Okay. We have two letters. O is the second one. And we have three more to go. Flyer Santa Sack is what we're giving away. You can make it an unforgettable holiday season with the Flyer Santa Sack. And each gift pack includes game tickets 
a 2021 collectible gritty ornament, autographed items, and more. You can shop at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. By the way, we'll get that on Friday. And I think there's a press conference today. Yeah, it doesn't bode well. Concerning the Flyers. We'll have to see what ends up happening. Is that noon? I think it's at noon, 12, 15, something like that. So okay. uh, they're, not, right. they're not playing so hot right now, but no, still a cool know. prize. Yeah, they're going to put me in. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, put it's about time. Yeah. Make the call. They pick up right. the bad phone. Yeah. About I'm, damn time. I've been waiting. I know. Waiting on that call. Hey, by the way, today's Tuesday. Tuesday. And we have to give this away. We want to congratulate the winner of a Preston and Steve show tattoo, Larry Russell. Larry, hey Larry, uh, you are going to get this. And by the way, Larry's from Williamstown, New Jersey, and gets a three hundred and fifty dollars gift certificate from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Hey Larry, <laughs> and they're at seventeen twenty nine South Street in Philly. And for artwork samples, you can visit floatingworldtattoos.com and check them out on Instagram. They're located at, at Floating World Tattoos. What's up on the show today? Well, we've got Billy Idol for his birthday to celebrate in a workforce block, a block of royal blood, whose first appearance, I believe, on American radio was on your very program. That's right. Uh, and uh, if, we, if we have that, uh, maybe pull a song from that from the vaults of the MM archives. Uh, always love to play stuff where, um, you know, the band has come in early on in their career. Thank you, Mr. Harrison. Um, and um, I was... I was Preston just yawned for a moment, <laughs> and um, it it made me think of the scene in um, uh, Let It Be where Paul is starting to play Get Back and George oh, is yeah. yawning. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like like Paul is creating it right. in front of him, right. and, uh, and George, yes, yawned. You're right. Yeah, it's just another yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Royal Blood and also a block of Bob Dylan. His second night at the Met is this evening. A few tickets remain at Ticketmaster, and uh, I will have Foo Fighters tickets, as you mentioned, and um, it's Double Shot Tuesday. Yay. So, double shots throughout the day. Love it. Many by your request. I would like to thank our sponsored Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Tomorrow, tomorrow's Wednesday, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so, we'll have a secret text word. We will have an appearance on Fox Good Day. We will have more of the Preston and Steve Christmas Miracles. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I would like to remind you, the day after that, Thursday, we get the reveal of Kathy's holiday activity. Uh-huh. Yes. So just giving you a little advanced warning. Also, tomorrow on the program, uh, Carter Oosterhouse oh. will be joining us. You remember him from uh, Trading Places or Trading Spaces, and also he does the big light. Christmas. Yeah. Christmas light I love it. Thing, I watch is, it all the time. Which is awesome, yes. All right, that's it. We are done. Ray, John, and have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. ABC Tonight, the Emmy Award-winning live in front of a studio audience returns. Recreating two classic comedies with one all-star cast. First, The Facts of Life featuring Anne Dowd, Gabrielle Union, Catherine Hahn, Alison Tolman, and Jennifer Aniston. And Different Strokes with John Lithgow, Damon Wayans Sr., and Kevin Hart. Plus, plenty of surprise appearances you can't miss. Live in front of a studio audience. Tonight, 8, 7 central on ABC and stream next day on Hulu.